You're listening to Football Friday Night On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with high school football scores, updates, and news by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. The following is an exclusive presentation of Team 600 ESPN El Paso. This is Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Here are your hosts, Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon. It's Football Friday Night, week eight in the borderland from now until the clock strikes zero. We have you covered with all the action. From West Texas to the land of enchantment, it's a full slate of games tonight on Football Friday Night. Right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. I'm your host, Bo Bagley, alongside the hardest worker in the business, Paul McKinnon and producer Angel Munoz, all full of taco avocat, a pregame meal. Thank you, Tavocat. Do a fantastic job. We have 70 years of experience on site in the stadiums tonight. Our 600 ESPN El Paso high school football reporters are working that beat to bring you the best coverage possible. Our reporters tonight are Jaime Chavez out at our Cisco Movers Game of the Week, Ray Adalto, Steve Escajeda, Joe Rodriguez, Alex Nicholas, Jeremy Caranco, Adrian Broadus, Joey Panisi, and J.D. Sursley. Now, we're here to speak the gospel of high school football in West Texas and Southern New Mexico. Paul, Week 8 is here, finally saying... Hey, 6A, District 6A, move on over a little bit. We're talking 5A tonight, showcasing a fun one in our Cisco Movers Game of the Week, Andrus and Burgess. Yeah, as long as we're not talking Super 5A, they have the entire night off. All four of those teams are already in the playoffs anyway, so what do they care? Uh, yeah, Andrus Burgess, no doubt. A, a, a key game after what Austin did to Burgess last week. Uh, controlled the ball. We always talk about how few players they have. They're in the 20s roster. Well, Austin just... Got a hold of the ball and wouldn't let it go all night long. Long, sustained drives. Got him past the Burgess Mustangs. A uh, pick six by, uh, what's his name, Oscar as Az- Peta. Or... Yeah, well, sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's, it's early on in the show. It's all right. <laughs> nice interception anyway. But uh, So that Burgess loss, what that means is the Burgess Mustangs have been co-champs a couple of years ago. Tried champs last year in COVID. They shouldn't have awarded any title last year. Teams played like three games, and that was it. But anyway, so two years in a row, Burgess has been part of the, the district title in a 2-5A. They need a win tonight. They got to beat Andrus. Austin beat Burgess. Andrus beat Austin. If Burgess beats Andrus tonight, and they're able to win out amongst the Bowies and the El Paso Highs of the world, uh, then they'll have a shot at their third straight uh, district championship. That's something that's never happened to Burgess before, but they got to get past Jeremiah Cooper and the Andrus Eagles. That's a tall task. Andrews Eagles have really looked the part this season so far. 5-1 and one overall, 2-0 and oh in district. Hey, let's head out to Mustang Stadium and join the coach, Jaime Chavez, with an update on our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. He's got the preview of an exciting one between Andrus and Burgess. Coach, take it away. We have 11.52 in the first quarter, and Andrus gets a big break on a, on a penalty, a personal foul penalty on the kickoff return. As Jeremiah Cooper took it about 30 yards to about the 40, 40 yard line. Now Andrus is, they're already, they're starting in, in Burgess territory as, um, Cooper on the end of round, he stopped for one yard loss. But, uh, Paul, that's a tough name for that, uh, Austin, uh, uh, a tough name to pronounce for the Austin defensive back, Oscar Aspeitia. <laughs> Pretty close. I there we I go. I struggled with it, uh, last week, uh, I'm getting but mocked. 
<laughs> Nonetheless, um, Austin coach and uh, Austin head coach Eric Pichardo and Andrews coach Chris Taylor said the same thing. You play Burgess and you you got to control Tavares Jones, the star running back for the Burgess Mustangs. And uh, Austin was able to do that last week. But James Rutledge, uh, the head coach of the Burgess Mustangs, indicated that uh, his team was uh, battling the flu. And uh, at times they looked a little sluggish last week. The, um, the Burgess Mustangs, and uh, they lost. Uh, uh, it's a big game, 27-14 to 14 last week. And now and Coach Rutledge said, we've got to win this game. We've got to beat Austin if we want to be district champion. But they, they fell. And uh, speaking of their opponents tonight, uh, Routledge says uh, they're athletic. We've got to keep them off the field. We've got to cut down on mistakes. And, and we just have to do our part and, and play some ball control. And now at this point, now we've got the 10-28 left in the first quarter here at Mustang Stadium. And Andrews is gradually moving the ball. Now they're in the red zone. They've got a first and 10 at the 30-yard line. And that was a, um, a 10-yard carry by Jared Gordon in the backfield. A lot of the um, Andrus offense filling in for Malachi Doe, a lot of their skill players, Doe, their star running back, who was injured in the third week of the uh, the season, and uh, he suffered a broken foot. But one of the Andrus coaches indicated that uh, that cast is coming off next week, and he could hmm. be ready for the... Uh, the last game of the season and possibly the playoffs once again as Andrus continues to, to move down the field. Andrus, Coach Chris Taylor says, same thing. We've got to stop Tavares Jones. We've got to play disciplined football. We're fortunate to have our athletes. But we've got to cut down on penalties. So we've got uh, 9.32 left in the first quarter here at Mustang Stadium. A big matchup, a big District 2-5A Division Two matchup between Burgess and Andrus, no score. All right, Coach, thank you so much for that preview of our Cisco Movers Game of the Week, the Andrus Eagles at the Burgess Mustangs. It's looking like the Andrus Eagles uh, routinely moving the ball down the field, but interesting points there about Burgess last week, a little under the weather, battling the flu, and then uh, and then Andrus might be getting a, a key weapon back in a couple weeks. Yeah, Malachi Doe, that's the first time I've heard that, so that's that's good news. Good news, bad news, because when Doe's not in the game, he's their top running back. That means we got to find more ways for Jeremiah Cooper to touch the ball. How did that work uh, last week for Bel Air? Not too well. Cooper, a couple of long touchdowns early. And, in fact, that should be the number one thing for Burgess tonight. Start on time. Remember what Andrews did to Bel Air. 48 points in the first half, a 48-7 lead. What happened in the second half? 48-42, Bel Air closed that gap. So I guess it's a matter of which Andrus team are we going to see tonight. Are we going to see first half Andrus from a week ago, or are we going to see second half? You know which which one uh, the Mustangs are hoping for. Uh, absolutely, and both teams really feature a lot of athletes. So obviously mentioned Andrus, uh, Jeremiah Cooper, Burgess countering with running back Tavares Jones. Uh, it, I always thought Neil Rutledge has done a great job on defense, getting his defense to play uh up to opponent's uh, level. And so be interested to see if the Mustangs defense can hold tonight. Yeah, that's the same uh, D coordinator that's been there last year, uh, Marcus Graham. They kept their D.C. And, and they've kept their defense. Defense is what got them into the playoffs that year, and it's been a big part of, of what's gotten them in the last uh, six now total. Uh, Burgess looking to reach the playoffs for a seventh consecutive season. Again, something that's, uh, you know, it's, that's unfound ground for the Burgess program. 
Absolutely. Elsewhere in 5A, a fun one. Coach Ray Adalto, or I should say Uncle Ray Adalto out at R.R. Jones Stadium for Bowie and El Paso High. The Bowie Bears coming in at 1-2 and two after a win last week. And the Bowie Bears shocked the Irvin Rockets 35-28 last weekend to pick up their first win of the season. Now looking to shock... Uh, the team that's shocked everybody else this mm. season, the El Paso High Tigers. El Paso High 1-1, one and one, and we'll have a report a little bit later from Ray Adalto from this game. Also, Horizon is at Parkland. That should be an interesting one. Horizon's district opener against Parkland with just one win on the season. Parkland has got to be a little upset as they're searching for a playoff berth. An exciting game down on the reservation. The Canateo Eagles and the Isleta Indians, both teams 1-0 in district. Canateo coming in scorching hot at 6-1 overall. Canateo really looking solid. They beat Parkland last week 28-14. That could be the L.J. Martin show. What do you think? It could very well be down at the reservation. He's the top rusher in the city coming in, although it's a tight bunch. Uh, probably his next carry, he'll break the 1,300-yard thir- uh, mark. And as I said, there's a lot of other guys just barely over 1,000 yards. You know, you've got Riverside with Guardado over 1,000. And Angel Munoz, his quarterback, 900-something. Uh, They're about to have 2,000-yard rushers. I doubt if anybody else in the city will uh, even do that. But, yeah, it's about the Candy Teal rushing game. Uh, actually, on both ends, uh, the, the front lines, the O-line and the D-line, they've just been tougher than the competition, and that's what they want to do to Asleta tonight. On the other hand, Asleta, Damien Contreras uh, uh, has his receivers. Andres Gomez, the freshman, also the freshman Evan uh, uh, Martinez. Did I say Gomez? Uh, uh, Andres Martinez and Evan Martinez, and and uh, they want to fill the air with balls, and and they're going to have to be able to make plays if they can get to that Candy Teal defensive backfield. They got a shot tonight, but the problem, I think, is is that defensive front seven, uh, you know, you're going to have time to get rid of the ball. Mountain View found that uh, awfully problematic a few weeks ago. They like to throw the ball, too, but uh, only good for about 50, you know, whatever it was, 52 nothing uh, shutout loss to Kenny Teo about three weeks ago. I mean, that could be the Asleta game if, if they can't block. Absolutely. Elsewhere in 5A, Austin Panthers at the Irvin Rockets. Should be interesting. Can Austin vault themselves back into uh, the title contention in 5A? They're 1-1 one one after the win over Burgess last week. Meanwhile, the Irvin Rockets 0-3 after a shocking loss last week to the Bowie Bears. So that'll be an interesting. Jeremy Carranco on the call for that one. Elsewhere, let's go into 4A before we get to 6A. 4A, we got Mountain View at Clint. Joey Panisi on the call there. That's the district opener in 4A. Meanwhile, a very lopsided game between the Fabens, Wildcats, and Riverside Rangers. Riverside putting up routinely 60, 70 points on everybody, while Fabens just 1-6 overall. Yeah, both of those 4A games will be fun and uh, a strange sense of fun. Mountain View, Clint, because, you know, Clint, a wishbone team, they want to run it, grind it down your throat. By the way, last time Mountain View played, Pecos gave up 500 yards on the ground, so the Clint offense should have some success tonight on the other end of that. Mountain View likes to sling it around in that same passing game. Junior Salcedo broke 400 yards for the first time, I think 430-ish yards in, in that contest, so they like to throw. Clint likes to run, I think, just based on that, differing styles. And, you know, could be a very offensive game. Clint with those 15-play, eight-and-a-half-minute drives, and maybe Mountain View with those five-play, two-and-a-half-minute drives. But it could be fun. And, of course, the other one, Riverside Fabens, fun in in a a kind of sad way. If if you're a Riverside Ranger fan. Yeah, no doubt about that one. They like to turn the football over. Fabens can cough it up. And Riverside, the top turnover team, 
in the city. 23 takeaways. Rudy Valenzuela all by himself. Six fumble recoveries and one interception. So that's seven takeaways for him. That's more than, I would say, three-quarters of the team in the uh, teams in the city. And Joey Panisi on the call from Clint's Lions Stadium hosting Mountain View. We'll hear from Joey in a little while. Plus, J.D. Sursley will have the call and update from Riverfront Stadium as the Riverside Rangers hosting the Fabens Wildcats. Now to 6A. Some exciting games even earlier today, last night. And then we have tonight's games, Franklin at Socorro and Pebble Hills at Coronado. Earlier today, we had a wild game between the East Lake Falcons and the Eastwood Troopers, 59-41. Eastlake comes away victorious, improving to 3-1 and one, uh, in the district while Eastwood falls to 1-3. and three. Pretty surprising there. Let's go out to Alex Nicholas with the update and recap of Eastwood and Eastlake from the sack. Alex, take it away. Yes, sir. After racking up more than 1,010 yards of total offense, I have a final report for y'all. Final score, as you mentioned, both 59-41 Eastlake. Improves to three and one overall, moves into a second place tie with America's in the District One Six A standings. This one was actually close early. It actually took us 11 minutes and 57 seconds to get on the board, so we went almost a whole first quarter without a score. But Eli Uribe uh, was the story of the night. His first touchdown was a two-yard touchdown run. It was actually a close game. Went into half with a 24-14 lead for East Lake. Then out of the second half. Uh, Andrew Martinez, who had a big night for Eastwood, he would hook up with Aaron Rodriguez for a seven-yard touchdown pass. That would be at the 9.05 mark of the third quarter, making it 24-21. Then on the very next possession, Eli Uribe, 29-yard reception from Sebastian Rendon on a fourth down and four from 29 yards out. And then from there, they just Eastlake just was unable, or excuse me, Eastwood was unable to slow down Elijah Uribe. Uribe's seventh rushing touchdown of the night would give Eastlake a 52-35 lead with eight or with 5:35 left in the fourth quarter. And Uribe tonight finishes with 288 rushing yards on 45 carries, seven rushing touchdowns, caught four passes for 55 yards and a touchdown. And like Paul mentioned earlier, he tied Aaron Dumas for the in-city record for rushing touchdowns in a in a single game. The uh, county record, if you will is held um, by a kid from Fabians, and Paul kind of called that correct. That was Vincent Macias uh, back in 1999 versus Santa Teresa. The seven touchdowns for Aaron Dumas scored back in 2019 were against Onyate. So a lot of stats to talk about in this one. 306 total rushing yards for Eastlake on the night. 522 total yards. Sebastian Rendon, a nice night returning. Seemed like early on in the game, Eastlake was trying to get him back in the rhythm, and then they kind of just turned the ball over to Uribe with his 45 carries, but Rendon, 14 of 18 passing, 216 yards, a touchdown, and most importantly, no interceptions. Eastlake, though, they are, excuse me, Eastwood did put up some big numbers. Like I mentioned, Andrew Martinez, 28 of 42 passing, 428 yards, four touchdowns. He had three receivers go over 100 yards. Evan Macias, seven catches, 108 yards. Aaron Rodriguez, eight catches, 135 yards, and two touchdowns. And Michael Caldera, seven catches for 107 yards. But for Eastlake, a big momentum-changing win puts them at the top of the standings. Now for Eastwood, they're going to have to play spoiler coming back as now their record is going to drop to 1-3 and three overall in district play as they're on the outside looking in at the current playoff record or the current playoff race. But tonight belongs to Eli Uribe, 288 rushing yards, adding that 55 yards and eight, eight, uh, 55 yards receiving and eight total touchdowns as Eastwood, or excuse me, it's Eastlake, Defeating Eastwood 59-41. There's a lot of East out there. Thank you very much, Alex. 
And Bo Eastwood had, speaking of East, Eastwood had pretty good play in the first quarter. They dominated the first quarter. Uh, little mistakes. A, a referee call, a, a, a lateral that was called an incomplete pass. Eastwood could add the ball deep in uh, East Lake territory when it's still tied at zero. But once the first quarter started to wind down and once Uribe uh, started to slam into those guys, you could tell that offense, just the power offense, took control. He is not a fun guy to tackle. He's a big dude. 5'9", and yeah, they would put their hands on him, and he's also pretty nimble. He's not fast, he's nimble, and it's, it's, he started to impose his will. I mean, once they started scoring, they just didn't stop right down the field. Hey, uh, some, some early scoreboards. If we have uh, the second in our game of the week, the Andrews Eagles have jumped out on top of uh, Burgess, 7-0. Elias Duncan, the quarterback, a 10-yard scoring run to take that lead. El Paso high up 14-zip on Bowie. Jerry Chida's a 35-yard run. Eddie Lopez caught a 24-yard pass from Chida's for that two-score lead. Good thing Bowie's throwing the ball these days. That's how they got all their points against Irvin a week ago. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Remit is the little lefty. In fact, a battle of lefties. Chida's a, a lefty as well, so that doesn't happen too often. Bowie and El Paso, lefty QBs. Also, Austin out on top of Irvin, 14-zip. Jaden Wilson, a four-yard run. Izzy Luna, 21-yard reception. And last of all, the Riverside Rangers, what a surprise, have jumped out on top of Fabens, that 1,000-yard uh, rusher, Jose Guardado, 59-yard jaunt, jaunt for a score, 7 to nothing. They lead Fabens. And, oh, by the way, don't you just love that uh, Alex Nicolas? Even when you say something you're wrong, he comes on and says you're right. That's <laughs> you my go. kind of guy right there. There you go. Good to have both you and uh, Alex out at the, the sack earlier today for Eastwood and Eastlake. Now, Eastwood falls to one in three in district, this is a stacked district for a, a huge fight and a battle for playoff spots. Eastwood falls to one in three now. Uh, East Lake improves to three and one. How do you see this one playing out as uh, the season goes along? Yeah, I'm not sure I see it anyway, but it's six teams fight for four playoff spots. So if I'm the Eastwoods of the world, I mean, they lost an opportunity today. Uh, they still have uh, Americas on their schedule. That, that's a must win. So as I said, there's six teams fighting for four spots. You have to beat at least two of those teams. We're assuming Socorro and Coronado are givens. Uh, no offense to the fans of Socorro and Coronado, but but uh, they are lessers in the, District One Six A teams and still learning. Yes, uh, especially Coronado. A lot, a lot of sophomores, without a doubt. But so if we give everybody those two wins, the rest of the group, the other six, you got to beat those six teams that are fighting for four spots. Eastwood's beaten one so far. They beat Montwood. By the way, Montwood lost to America's last night, 28-20 final. America's look pretty good. They're a team with one loss. So Montwood has lost to Franklin. They've lost to Eastwood, and they lost last night to America's. They get Pebble Hills. I believe it's a week from now. That's an absolute must win for them, or they could just consider themselves out of that uh, four- Four of six team race. Yeah, that's right. Montwood falling twenty eight twenty to Americus last night. Montwood now one in three in district. Americus is surprising three and one. All three wins of their season coming in district. And Americus did that. They looked impressive running the football, and they did it without Caesar Drennan, uh, their their star running back. Not in the game. They had a first year sophomore. In fact, in fact, a first game sophomore who barely touched the ball. It was actually the quarterback Mark Moore who was just going right at him. A lot of quarterback keeps. A couple of touchdowns for Moore and even threw a 78-yard touchdown pass to Anthony Moreno, the one dark side 
Drennan was already down. They say he's day-to-day. At the end of the game, Moore came out with about a minute and a half left. Mamba trying to close the gap with what looked like an ankle. Uh, I heard that he actually got on the field in practice today. So uh, maybe not a big deal. Thank goodness for the Trailblazers. Absolutely. So other 6A games, Alex Nicholas will have a report on Franklin Socorro. That's probably going to kick off around 745 or so. And then also Adrian Brunis will have a report on Pebble Hills and Coronado Pebble Hills. Two and one in district, looking to improve to three and one with a win at T Bird Stadium over the Coronado T Birds. But Coronado playing tough. One and two in district, they'll be looking for the upset. Speaking of Thursday night games, what a game we had in the land of enchantment between the Las Cruces High Bulldogs and the Centennial Hawks. Now, Centennial trailed Las Cruces. 41-14 halfway through the third quarter. That's right. Las Cruces was leading that 41-14. Centennial came back with 28 unanswered points and shocked the Las Cruces Bulldogs at the end. 42-41. What a huge win for the Centennial Hawks as they improved to 3-0 in district, 7-1 overall, while Las Cruces fell to 4-4 overall, 2-1 in district. So it'll be very interesting to see how that district plays out, but it looks like Centennial is the class of that district in the land of enchantment in New Mexico. Hate to interrupt the New Mexico football talk, but uh, actually Far East El Paso, a little action out there as well. 8-7. Clint leads Mountain View. Gil Gamboa, 50-yard touchdown run for Mountain View. Uh, I believe he's Chris Gamboa, if you're a Mountain View fan, quarterback over the last couple of years. Uh, Gil Gamboa this time goes 50 yards for the 7-0 lead. Clint comes right back. Uh, Dylan Ivey, 30-yard uh, run and the two-point conversion. Clint doesn't like to kick a lot of extra points. 8-7, to seven, they lead Mountain View. I think, I think it's what we talked about. Throwing the ball if you're Mountain View, running the ball if you're Clint. There you go. We'll have updates from all of the games in El Paso right here on Football Friday Night. You're listening to 600 ESPN El Paso High School Football Updates and Scores next. Stay tuned. Indeed finds great hires fast. Indeed is your all-in-one platform for interviewing, screening, and hiring high-quality people. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go back to Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon. Welcome back to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Some quick score updates in our Cisco Movers game of the week. The Andrews Eagles strike first. They lead Burgess 6-0 in the first. El Paso High leading Bowie Bears 14-0 in the first. Canateo up on his lettuce, 7-0. The Austin Panthers, what a huge first quarter for them. They lead the Irvin Rockets, 21-0. Mountain View and Clint, a fun one down at Lions Stadium. Clint leads Mountain View 8-7 early on. And the Riverside Rangers lead the Fabens Wildcats, 14-0. All right, time for our Cisco Movers Game of the Week update. Let's head out to Burgess Mustang Stadium and join the coach, Jaime Chavez, for an update on Andres and Burgess. Coach. 119 left in the first quarter. It is Andrus 6 and Burgess 0. Andrus quarterback, Elias Duncan, a 10-yard touchdown run, and that's his sixth rushing touchdown of the season. The extra point was wide to the right, and that play was set up as Andrus nose tackle Rene Hernandez, who has three sacks on the season. He stripped the ball from Tavares Jones at the 29-yard line. And he took it down to the 10-yard line. And on the next play, Duncan takes it in for the, that 10-yard rushing touchdown. Tavares Jones with Burgess thus, thus far. Four carries, 23 yards rushing. And he, um, last week, he only had 20 yards on, 
on eight carries. And right now, Burgess appears, yeah, they're moving into uh, Andrews territory as they've got a timeout. They've got the ball set up at the Andrews 35-yard line. So we've got 103 left in the first quarter at Mustang Stadium. And it's Andrews 6 and Burgess nothing. All right, Coach, thank you so much. Andrews Eagles leading the Burgess Mustangs. Paul, bring you in here for a moment. The Burgess Mustangs, we talked about that, would have to slow the Andrews Eagles in the first half. Looks like they're doing it so far. Just a 6 nothing game with a minute to go in the first quarter. Yeah, how about just find a way to hang on to the football, of course. But, uh, yeah, you got to stick around these guys. You, these teams with a lot of flash and dash, a lot of explosion, you want to hang close. And maybe they get bored. Uh, maybe they get frustrated, which Andrews has been uh, known to do in the past. And you, that's it. You just got to stick around and, and find a way in the third and fourth quarter. Uh, looks like they have. So 6 nothing Andrews over Burgess in the first quarter. Thank you to Coach Jaime Chavez for that update. Hey, let's head out to R.R. Jones Stadium and join Ray Adalto for an update on the Bowie Bears and the El Paso High Tigers. Ray. With uh, just 10 minutes left in the first half, the score remains the Bowie Bears 0, El Paso High 14 here at R.R. Jones Stadium. Bowie is, however, uh, marching on the uh, 10-yard line of the El Paso High Tigers after a series of mistakes by the El Paso High Tigers on their third possession. So welcome back out to historic R.R. Jones Stadium, the home of the El Paso Tigers, after a couple of great wins. They visited Jefferson last week and came home with their tail between their legs. It's an ugly 56-0 loss that had to hurt deep. Set the potential turnaround for a team with very little wins the last few years. Now, Bowie's pretty much in the same boat, but last week they took a win away from the Urban Rockets in what some pundits called a miracle. I was there, and frankly, it was a clean, tough game that earned the Bears their first victory this year. They are 1-6 for the year. So looking at this game, uh, this particular drive could be a changer, and it is because right now the Bowie Bears just scored with 9.15 left in the first half. The Bowie Bears have gotten off the stack with the quarterback keeper with uh, Aaron Ramirez taking it for 10 yards into the end zone for the Bowie Bears. The PAT coming up. And I assume that very carefully that they will make it. So again, with 9:15 left in the first half, the score right now is El Paso High 14, the Bowie Bears six. All right, Ray, thank you so much. 14 to six at R.R. Jones Stadium. We'll have an update much uh, later from Ray Adalto, an exciting one there between the Bowie Bears and El Paso High Tigers. Let's head out to Steve Escajeda at Matador Stadium. The Parkland Matadors hosting the Horizon Scorpions in Horizon's district opener. Steve, take it away. We've got 11-27 here to go in the second quarter, and the Horizon Scorpions are up on top of the Parkland Matadors 13 to nothing. We've had a couple of uh, scores already so far, a couple of running sets on for Horizon. Ernie Garcia, a five-yard run uh, at the 422 mark of the first quarter, and then a couple minutes later, uh, quarterback Jacob Kihas. Uh, followed with a 52-yard scamper. And Horizon comes into the ball game, one of the better rushing teams in the city, averaging 317 yards on the ground. And again, they've already got 82 in that first quarter, so they're right on uh, par. And uh, for Parkland, another killer in that first quarter, three big turnovers for Parkland, two of those coming on interceptions, both intercepted by Horizon's Aaron Sagala. So with 10.45 to go here in the second quarter, it is Horizon 13, Parkland nothing. 
And Bo, Aaron Sagala came into the night's action, the top interceptor in the city already with five. And according to Steve Esgata, just added two more. There you go. A a, future so bright, got to wear shades. (laughs) What a job by the Horizon Scorpions, leading Parkland 13-0 in the second quarter. Hey, Nick, a fun one between the Canateo Eagles and Isleta Indians, both teams 1-0 in district. Let's head out to Joe Rodriguez at the reservation with an update. Joe, take it away. 8-12 8-12 to go in the second. 8-12 to go in the second quarter, and it is Canutillo leading. He's led it by the score of seven to zero after a three and out for each team on their opening possessions. Canutillo wins 11 plays, 82 yards, ended with a four-yard touchdown run by L.J. Martin. His 13 touchdown of the season. The extra point was good. Right now, Isleta is going for it on fourth and fifth for the second time in the red zone for uh, Isleta, and they just score a touchdown. But there is a flag on the play. Once again, this drive for Isleta started at their own 25-yard line. They went for it on 4th and 5th from the Canudillo 34-yard line. They converted. They find themselves in a 4th and 5th situation again right now at the Canudillo 18. Uh, But unfortunately, that flag will go against the Isleta Indians, so we will replay the 4th down. Uh, Quarterback Damian Contreras found his wide receiver in the end zone wide open. But unfortunately, it was not meant to be as that play is coming back for the Isleta Indians. We're going to go ahead and send it back to you on the studio with 8.03 left in the second quarter. It is Gano Tio leading Isleta by the score of 7-0. All right, Joe, thank you so much. Appreciate that uh, the call. Second quarter, these games going pretty fast so far. 7-0 Canutillo over Isleta. Hey, we have an update from our Cisco Movers game of the week between Andrus and Burgess. Burgess gets a touchdown uh, after a... a Tavares Jones, a 31-yard touchdown run as the Mustangs take a 7-6 lead over the Andrus Eagles. So that's going to be a fun one there. We'll head back out to Coach Jaime Chavez in just a little bit. Let's head out to Irvin's Rocket Rocket Stadium. and Jeremy Caraco standing by. We'll get an update from him as this one has been all Austin between the Austin Panthers and the Irvin Rockets. Jeremy, what do you got for us? I believe this might be Alex Nicholas on the phone. Alex, uh, do you have an update? Has that game started between Franklin and Socorro? It hasn't started yet, guys. 18 minutes away from the kickoff between Franklin and Socorro. Third team's on the opposite end of the standing spectrum for Franklin. They are starting a hot start. 3-0 and in district, looking for their first district title since 2018, of course, led by Cameron Bird. Over 1,600 yards passing. The most impressive thing looking at him 67% completion percentage, 18 touchdowns to just two interceptions, and he has a, a plethora of receivers to throw to. Looking at the roster right now, they have five guys with over 13 catches. Of course, in the backfield, his backfield mate, Miles McWhorter, second in District 168 with 791 rushing yards, 11 rushing touchdowns. That did lead District 168 before Elijah Uribe matched his season total of seven tonight to lead the district with 14 for Socorro, just trying to keep the play, keep away from that uh, that Franklin offense. Taking a look at Isai Aguilar, their leading r- rusher on the season, averaging 10.4 yards per rush, five rushing touchdowns. Socorro averaging six and a half yards per rush. I think that's going to be the key for Socorro, keeping that Franklin offense on the field and controlling the clock. So 17 minutes away from this District 1-6A battle between Socorro and Franklin. 
All right, Alex, thank you so much. We'll head back out to the sack in a little while. Once again, a fun one between Austin and Irvin. Jeremy Carranco seen a lot of touchdowns in the first quarter. Let's out to Jeremy at Irvin Memorial Stadium for an update. Jeremy, take it away. Yeah, a lot of touchdowns indeed. Unfortunately, one side. We are at the start of the second quarter. It is 28 to nothing. Austin is all over Irvin early. Israel Luna, 21-yard touchdown. That was just four plays in. They went 63 yards. In just a, two minutes and the 10 seconds, Jaden Wilson, a five-yard TD run at the 837 mark. Irving Cortinas, a defensive score for Austin, the 36-yard interception return touchdown, the 615 mark of the first quarter. Remember, these are all first quarter scores. Sebastian Morales, yeah, they did it through the air too. Austin, 70-yard touchdown pass from Luis Fernandez to Sebastian Morales. Total yards, it's ugly. It's already nearing 200 for Austin. They're at 187 to, to Austin's, to Irving's just 29 Irvin already with two turnovers, two punts, and they've also been sacked on the night. And Austin, again, with the football to start the second quarter, already at near midfield, guys. So Irvin that will need to turn it around quickly if they don't want to look pretty ugly on the scoreboard. So 11:49, second quarter, it is Austin all over Irvin, 28-0. All right, Jeremy, thank you so much. I uh, hope you have enough batteries for that calculator. You're going to be adding up a lot of Austin Panthers stats tonight. So look like that. 28 nothing Austin over Irvin after the first quarter. Let's head out to Coronado's T-Bird Stadium. Get an update from Adrian Broaddus on Pebble Hills and Coronado. Adrian, take it away. Hey, guys. It's 7-26 here in the first half. The Pebble Hills Spartans on top of the Coronado T-Bird's uh, 12 to nothing. It is Gael Ochoa of the Pebble Hill Spartans who scored the two touchdowns for them. He had both of them from one yard out, and he's leading uh, the Pebble Hill Spartans on offense. Uh, been, a, been a great quarterback so far, five for seven through the air, 50 yards. And uh, Marcus Torres, uh, we've heard his name being called for a while now, and uh, he's come he's come through big in this game. A couple catches. Uh, he's got 18 yards of receiving. Again, we've got 707 here in the opening half. All Pebble Hills in this one to start 12 to nothing over Coronado. All right, Adrian, thank you so much. Looks like it's all Spartans early on in that one. See if the T-Birds can respond. Speaking of responding, the Clint Lions and the Mountain View uh, Mountain View Lobos, this is a big game in District 4A between the Lobos and the Lions. Let's head out to Joey Panisi at Lions Stadium for an update. Joey, take it away. You sure said it right. It is a big game. And with 2.17 left in the first quarter from Clint, it's now the Clint Lions 16 and the Mountain View Lobos 15. Uh, this gives new meaning to barn burner. Uh, both teams have had two possessions and both teams have scored on both of them. Uh, Mountain View as predicted has done it through the air and Clint has done it through the ground uh, with seven thirteen in the first quarter. Um, Gilbert Gamboa connected with Alexis Ramirez for a 50 yard TD strike. Uh, Clint answered back with a 25-yard Dylan Ivy touchdown up the middle. He dragged about six guys with him. Uh, Mountain View gets the ball back, and Junior Salcedo completes a 75-yard pass to Hansel Hernandez. That's his seventh catch of the year. Uh, Clint is now smothering uh, Mountain View deep in their own territory. And then to round out the score, the scoring Manny Hogan uh, runs 10 yards up the middle for Clint. Two-point conversion by Isaiah Gonzalez. Makes the score 16-15, to 15, Clint. 
this is a game that features two star quarterbacks. Uh, and boy, they're having their night tonight. Um, Clint, Isaiah Gonzalez is on the peak of rushing for uh, 2,000 yards. Excuse me, for 1,000 yards. He has 83 carries, 872 yards. So what uh, Mountain View pinned back deep in their territory with 45 seconds left in the first quarter. It's the Clinton Lions 16 and the Mountain View Lobos 15. All right, Joey, thank you so much. Boy, what a fun one that's going to be between uh, the Clint Lions and Mountain View Lobos, both teams opening up district tonight against each other, both looking for a crucial district victory. 16-15, Clint over Mountain View in the first. We'll get an update a little bit later from Joey Panisi. Hey, just like Jeremy over at Austin Irvin, J.D. Sursley is going to have to keep that calculator uh, lit up tonight for the Riverside Rangers, as I'm sure they're going to put up a lot of stats over those Fabens Wildcats. Let's get an update from J.D. Sursley from Riverfront Stadium. J.D. You are definitely correct, Mr. Bagley. We had 8.30 left in the second quarter, Riverside 21, Fabens 0. I would like to add that Jose Gordardo already has two touchdowns, um, over a thousand yards already in the season. And now Angel Speedy Munoz, his quarterback, running for 69 yards already in the first half, now eclipses the a thousand mark also. So now the dynamic duo, Jose Gordardo, Angel Munoz, over a thousand yards each quarterback and running back duo, 827, 210, Riverside over Fabin. All right, J.D., thank you so much. So Angel Munoz out of Riverside's got a Speedy Munoz uh, nickname. Also our producer, Speedy Munoz in, in the booth. He's got a new nickname. Congratulations, Angel. Thank you very much. You know, I uh, I don't know what he did to, to earn the name nickname Speedy, but I know that my, my hands are, are on, the, on the board just constantly moving fast, you know? And the yeah, telephone. Quick. You got that telephone speedy over We there. We already have a nickname for our Angel Munoz. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what it is on the break. <laughs> All right. Hey, let's he- get speedy. another update from our Cisco Movers Game of the Week, an exciting one between Andrus and Burgess. We've got an update from Coach Jaime Chavez. Coach, take it away. 9.38 left in the half at Mustang Stadium. It's Burgess 7 and Andrew Six, Burgess, Tavares Jones, a 31-yard touchdown run. The extra point is good. Jones, six carries, 54 rushes so far, and he's approaching 900 yards rushing on the season. And Elias Duncan, the quarterback for Andrews, he had a 10-yard touchdown run, and the extra point attempt by Jonathan Retta Robles, the uh, kicker for Andrews, that ball went wide to the right. The defense is the defense uh, controlling the, the game tonight on both sides. Um, Elias Duncan, he's got four carries, 18 yards rushing, and also in uh, in passing, two of four, 60 yards through the air. 9:33 left in the half at Burgess's Mustang Stadium. It's Burgess seven, Andrew six. And, Bo, it's been a couple of years since these two teams have played. Didn't get together in COVID 2020. Last time they did, the Burgess Mustangs beat the Eagles. A couple of trick plays. Alec Marinko on a reverse. University of New Mexico's Alec Marinko on a reverse. And also a reverse pass to Josh Hewland for the couple of touchdowns. Andrus had a couple of special teams touchdown on a botched deep snap and, and an interception return, I believe, for a score. But Burgess won that game. Six meetings prior, Andrus won all of those. The only time Burgess won after that 
was when there was a guy named Jones in the backfield. Two guys named And Jones another in guy the named Jones in the backfield, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. And oh, by the way, uh, a world-class triple jumper and long jumper, uh, Keandre Bates is one of your D-backs. I always felt sorry for that Kiar Roberts kid because <laughs> he's got two Joneses and he has a Bates back there, and he's like, who? Oh, yeah. what, a, what a disappointment. You know, not a bad D-back. Well, maybe we'll see if the Burgess Mustangs have the Eagles number in recent years. Like you just said, they beat them two years ago. So we'll see if the Burgess Mustangs can do it again. Once again, thank you to Coach Jaime Chavez. 7-6, to six, Burgess leading Andrus in the first quarter of our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. Cisco Movers can help with packing, boxing, heavy lifting, and moving your belongings to your next destination. They also offer storage of their facility. Take it from a family-owned company like Cisco Movers. They'll give you a great price and help you on your next big move. Get started by filling out a request form at CiscoMovers.com. Cisco Movers, the best move you'll make in El Paso. We're going to take a timeout right here at 600 ESPN El Paso. Come back with much more on Football Friday Night. Back to Football Friday Night, Week 8, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Games got started last night in District 16A. The America's Trailblazers topped the Montwood Rams 28-20. America's improving to 3-1 in District. Montwood Rams falling to 1-3. In Las Cruces, the Las Cruces High Bulldogs lost a nail-biter to the Centennial Hawks 42-41. Centennial improving to 3-0 in district. Las Cruces falling to 2-1. Earlier today, a big game between Eastwood and Eastlake at the SAC, a 4 p.m. kickoff. Eastlake Falcons flying by the Eastwood Troopers winning 59-41. Elijah Uribe, 343 total yards uh. for the Eastlake Falcons and eight total touchdowns. That's not a type of you didn't hear that wrong. Eight total touchdowns. And and I heard from somewhere, wasn't it uh, 40-something carries? Uh, Steve Kaplowitz on Sports Talk threw that out. There was That's like 46 right. carries. What a day for Elijah Uribe. What Huge a day depth. for that Eastwood defense trying to tackle him. Wow, absolutely. 59-41 Eastlake over Eastwood. Also in the land of enchantment, an update in the second quarter, Mayfield all over Chaparral winning 38 Nothing. Some big games early on at Riverside and Fabens and Clinton Mountain View. Clint Mountain View, both teams in their district opener, 16-15 Clint over Mountain View in the first quarter. And also Riverside all over the Fabens Wildcats in the second, 21-0. Let's head back out to our Cisco Movers game of the week between the Andrus Eagles and the Burgess Mustangs and get an update from Coach Jaime Chavez and our game of the week. Coach. 7.55 left in the half, and uh, it is a Burgess 7 and Andrew 6. Tavares Jones for Burgess. He had a 31-yard touchdown run. That extra point is good. And, and uh, Jones showing a lot of zip in his runs. He's got eight carries, 73 yards rushing. And Burgess effective on the ground. Ray Campos has uh, 35 carries on three yards for the Mustangs. And uh, Andrews a score. Elias Duncan a 10-yard touchdown run, that extra point by Jonathan Rita Robles, uh, that was uh, wide to the right, and Burgess just got a big break right now. They've got the ball at the uh, Andrews 20. There was a late hit on uh, Tavares Jones as he was hit well out of bounds. A personal foul call on on Andrews, and they've got a, a first and 10 at, their, uh, at the Andrews 20-yard line with... Uh, Rutledge in the shotgun. Looks like uh, Ray Gompos is going to add to his total. He's going to get about a, a three-yard carry going up the middle and uh, a second down a, a second down and eight, second down and seven for the 
Burgess Mustangs as they look to be in scoring position. So 7.35 left in the half at Mustang Stadium. It's Burgess 7, Andrew 6. All right, Coach, thank you so much. What a game there between the Burgess Mustangs and Andrews Eagles. Burgess holding on to that slim lead in the second quarter. Let's head out to R.R. Jones Stadium, get an update on the Bowie Bears and El Paso High Tigers with Uncle Ray Adalto. Ray, take it away. 38 seconds left in this first half, and the score is now the El Paso High Tigers 21, the visiting Bowie Bears 13. Let me bring you up to date on the scoring since last time I talked to you. El Paso High's Chida's 58-yard run. PAT was good with 9.04 left on the clock. Then Bowie answered with quarterback Ramirez running a two-yard TD PAT. Keep this in mind, guys. PAT was not good. So that brought the score to the uh, El Paso High Tigers 21 and the Bowie Bears 13. Right now, the Bowie Bears were in possession again going towards the goal line with a 28-yard pass that got intercepted in the zone by the El Paso High Tigers to score. With 38 seconds left in the first half, it is the El Paso High Tigers 21, the Bowie Bears 13. All right, Ray, thank you so much. As that game inching closer to halftime, 21-13 El Paso High over Bowie. At last check, the Horizon Scorpions were leading the Parkland Matadors 13-0. Let's head back out to Steve Escajeda at Parkland's Matador Stadium for an update. Steve. We've got 2.56 to go before the end of the second quarter, and the Horizon Scorpions now lead Parkland 27-7. It was 13-0 early. Uh, Jacob Quijas uh, uh, then hit Ernie Garcia with a 61-yard touchdown pass to make it 20 to nothing. Parkland got on the board. Uh, finally, midway through the second quarter, Anthony Carrillo, a one-yard run. Cutting that lead to 20 to 7. And then, uh, well, we want to go and call this the Ernie Garcia show because not only did we say he had a five yard run for a touchdown, he also had a 61 yard catch for a touchdown, and he just added a 71 yard kickoff return wow. for a touchdown. He came into the bowl game with 13 on the season, one of the uh, top uh, touchdown makers in the city this year. We'll give him 16 now uh, so far. We've got plenty of time left for maybe two or three more. But again, it's been the Ernie Garcia show. And he, he also has uh, come into the ballgame averaging 176 yards per ballgame on the ground. Uh, not so much on the ground tonight. Seven carries, 23 yards. But again, as we said, it's early. 212 to go here before the half. Horizon, all over Parkland, 27 to 7. And Bo, his second kickoff return for a touchdown. I believe he had one in that uh, crazy game against Bowie week two as well. And you look, 70, 71 yards, that means he caught it at the 29-yard line. I wonder if they kind of snuck him in there. You know how they like to do those little pop fly kicks, field position kicks these days. Uh, I think it's just laziness. Uh, we don't want to practice our special teams, so we'll just kick these pop fly kickoffs. But somehow Garcia was there, and that's the last guy you want to kick it to. Obviously, 71 uh, yards later, I think they learned their lesson. Ernie Garcia is making every team, every defense right now learn their lesson. Oh, what a, what a surprise this is, though. You know, Parkland played a tough non-district schedule. It's opposite of what they've normally done. You know, they, they've scheduled people they could handle. This year was tough. Six, eight teams, uh, to, you know, and uh, leading off district last week with Canyon Teo. Just one win coming into this contest. But they've been the beast of District uh, 1-5A over the past three seasons. Three straight district titles coming into this one. And uh, they're getting it handed to them by the Horizon Scorpions. Uh, when's the last time that happened? 
Absolutely. It's 27 to 7 with two minutes to go. Horizon over Parkland that in the first half. Let's head out to Joe Rodriguez. A fun one between Canateo and Isleta at last check. It was the Eagles over the Indians 7 nothing. Let's see if there's a change. Joe, take it away. Thank you very much. About 324 left in the second quarter, and it is. The Canadian Eagles leading the hosting Isleta Indians by the score of 21-7. How did we get there? We'll go back to the third possession for the Canadian Eagles. A two-play, 77-yard drive capped by a L.J. Martin 56-yard touchdown run. The extra point was good. At, uh, was good. That was at the 6:50 mark in the second quarter. From there on, the ensuing possession, Isleta answered and got on the board themselves. They took the ball 63 yards over five plays with a Damian Contreras, quarterback keeper from. Three yards out for the touchdown. The extra point was good on that. That was at the 432 mark, making the score 14-7. And then on the most recent possession for the Canutio Eagles, they took the ball at their own 32-yard line. And guess what? Somebody broke it for a 68-yard touchdown run, but it wasn't L.J. Martin. It was Tony Ayala who broke it from 68 yards out for his third touchdown of the season. The extra point was good on that, which brings us to where we're at right right now with the Isleta Indians at their own 24-yard line on first and 10 coming up. With 2.35 to go in the second quarter, it is Canutillo leading Isleta by the score of 21-7. to Every time I hear Tony Ayala, you know, my, my 80s are showing or whatever, I think of the, what was it, the San Antonio boxer? Didn't he spend some time in prison? And uh, they let him out. His brother was Mike Ayala. Stop staring at me like that, like you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> last time I'll throw that story out. <laughs> okay. Hey, let's head out to Jeremy Caranco, an exciting one for the Austin Panthers over the Irvin Rockets. The last check, it was 28 nothing Austin over Irvin in the first quarter. Jeremy, what's an update from Irvin Memorial Stadium? What do you got for us? Well, we have 35 seconds and counting left to go in the second quarter. And Austin looks like, I mean, Irvin looks like they're going to let this run out and go to halftime to try and regroup. It is Austin 28 and Irvin 0 here at halftime. And the good thing for the Irvin, uh, Irvin Rockets, they were able to not allow Austin to score in that second quarter. Unfortunately, they haven't really done much of anything on offense. John Nutton has been hold to 0-3 for passing. He has 0 yards. Guys, he is. Right now, you look at his stats, he's nearing 1,700 yards on the season and averaging 13.6 yards a pass, and Austin has been able to shut them down. A big part of their win last week, they were able to shut down Burgess offensively, and they've done it again tonight. Uh, Leading the way for Austin is Jaden Wilson. He's 86 yards on 10 carries for a touchdown. He's nearing 1,000 on the season. He's just 48 yards short of that. Israel Luna, 73 yards on three carries and a touchdown. Luis Fernandez, one of two through the air, but one with a 70-yard touchdown pass to Sebastian Morales, and that was near the end of the first quarter. Austin just trying to run the ball and get out of here with a solid win, it looks like, but they, we still have a second half here. Let's see if everyone can put together some momentum and try and get on the scoreboard. So halftime here at Tony Shaw Field. It is Austin 28 and Irvin 0. And, Bo, you just heard Jeremy say... Jonathan Knutson, 0 for 3, they're shutting him down. But the the key number to me is 3. He's only thrown 3 passes, which tells me Austin's doing exactly to Irvin what they did to Burgess a week ago, possessing the football. 3 yards on first down run, 4 yards on second down run, 3 more yards, first down, first and 10, move the chains. They're possessing the football. They did it to Burgess, they're doing it to Irvin. And uh, when Jeremy said they're running out the clock, 
That's what they're doing with the running game. Although, they did throw one pass for a score tonight. Miracle of miracles. <laughs> a little bit of the MO for head coach Eric Pichardo there at Austin High School. So, Austin leading Irvin 28 nothing at half. Also at halftime, Pebble Hills and Coronado. Let's sit out to Adrian Brunis for a quick update between the Spartans and the T-Birds. Adrian. It's halftime out here. Pebble Hills with a 12 nothing lead over Coronado. And you got to give a lot of credit to Pebble Hills quarterback Gaiello Choa. He's had the two rushing touchdowns today. Been a big part of their 189 total yards of offense. But after his nine, after the 954 mark of the second quarter, both defenses really locked down. I mean, you can credit Coronado's uh, Gavin Mark, who had a really nice interception off Gaiello Choa. Then Pebble Hills flips it on the other side. Robert Beal, who's been very active in, in the previous couple weeks with the Pebble Hill Spartans, kicks off Owen Levesque at the quarterback position for uh, the Coronado Thunderbirds. Three total turnovers in the first half on both sides. Coronado's select three different quarterbacks in this one. Blake Randag, uh, Owen Levesque, and Cade Little have been the gunslingers tonight. Uh, give a lot of credit to tight end Mateo Grajeda of the Thunderbirds. Two catches, 40 receiving yards. A really nice uh, first half by him. Gaelo Chilla ends the opening half with uh, seven for 14 through the air, 65 yards uh, passing, and those two rushing touchdowns. So, again, halftime out here. Pebble Hills with a 12 nothing lead over Coronado. All right, Adrian, thank you so much for that update. 12 nothing Pebble Hills over Coronado at halftime. And creeping into the second half is Mountain View and Clint, an exciting game there. At last check, just a one-point game. Let's tune in to Joey Panisi, catch up with Joey for an update. Joey, take it away. Yes, with 528 in the second corner, the score is now Clint 24, Mount View 21. Uh, Clint appeared to have the game in control when they took over with 805 in the second quarter. Uh, quarterback um, Isaiah Gonzalez took charge again, handed it off to Kevin Casada, and he rumbled nine yards right up the middle for a touchdown. Uh, Isaiah <laughs> Isaiah Gonzalez, their quarterback, he's going to find a way to hurt you. Um, he converted on his third two-point conversion of the night. Mm. Well, Mountain View looked like they were going to get sluggish until Junior Salcedo, star quarterback for Mountain View, rushed 50 yards right up the middle, untouched for a touchdown. Uh, the two-point conversion uh, went awry, and so the, the score was uh, became Clint 24, uh, Mountain View 21. Uh, this junior Salcedo, he's uh, quite a player. He's been averaging 261 yards per game. Uh, he's accounted for 19 touchback rating as an unbelievable 126.0. So now we have, with 528 left in the second quarter, Clint has taken over on the 30-yard line, and the score is Clint 24, Mountain View 21. And the Mountain View Lobos. All right, once again, thank you so much, Joey. Let's head out to J.D. Sursley for an update between Fabens and Riverside. J.D., what do you got from us at Riverfront Stadium? 3.43 left in the second quarter. Riverside 28, Fabens 0. Although Angel Speedy Munoz has eclipsed the 1,000-yard mark of running this uh, season as a quarterback, it is a Jose Gardardo show as usual. Three touchdowns. His last was a 12-yard touchdown. He has 89 yards overall. It is 28. Riverside, Fabian 0, 318, left in the second quarter. 
And and Bo Fabens, for the last several weeks now, without their top running back, Miguel Delgado, a few weeks ago, he's already pushing 700 yards, been out with a, well, he's got a cast on his arm. It was the La Mesa game, the 13-12 game, when they needed a two-point conversion. Late in that one to maybe get a win. Delgado not available, and he hasn't been available the last couple of weeks. And that explains a lot, uh, the 28-7 loss to San Angelo Lake, 28-8 loss to San Angelo Lakeview. They, they should have been more competitive in that, and I, and I think now we know why. Their best weapon is on the sidelines watching with the, with the fans. There you go. So Riverside up 28 nothing in the second quarter. We're going to take a break and get back out to our Cisco Movers game of the week and much more action. You're listening to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Experience unique flavors at Taco Avocados. First, start with a signature hand-rolled taco. Choose between chicken, pork, ground beef, southwest chicken, or brisket tacos. Plus, vegan tacos are available. Potato, avocado, or bean tacos. Then choose your chips. Sweet potato, regular potato chips, or tostadas. Finally, choose a signature dip. Homemade queso, fresh guac, creamy buffalo, or sour cream. Taco Bell, the options. All at Taco Avocados. 2114 North Zaragoza. Taco Avocados. Eat good for you fast food. No gluten and no sugar. Order online. TacoAvocado.com. At BPL Plus. You can be a hero every day. Regularly donating plasma helps save lives and helps you easily earn money. New donors can earn up to $750 a month. What's not to love? When you walk into the center to donate, you're much more than a donor. You are literally a lifeline to patients. BPL Plasma has two centers in El Paso, downtown at 313 South Stanton and northeast at 9813 Dyer Street. Visit a BPL Plasma center today or go to BPLplasma.com to learn more. Football season is back. Enjoy all the action at Border City Alehouse. The upsets in overtime. Did we mention all the hard-hitting action? For a cold beer and a good time, the place to be is the home of Monday Night Football, Border City Alehouse. With 20 big screen TVs and three projection screen TVs, you won't miss a second of the action. Border City Alehouse, where every Monday night is pint night. Enjoy any of the Alehouse's draft beers for only 3 4 or $5 a pint. There's a great selection of over 30 beers on tap. You can also enjoy the great taste of Jack Daniels for only $5 along with $4 Fireball. The Kitchen's serving up six flavors of wings, half-pound burgers, and more. Everything you need for a great time. Don't miss a second of the action. Get there early for happy hour from 3 till 7. Monday Night Football. It's game on at Border City Alehouse, 1506 North Lee Trevino at Vista del Sol. This is Steve Kaplowitz. Join me in Sports Talk Live beginning at 4 p.m. right up to game time with great prizes given away at halftime. So as you guys know, Mark's gone. The float artist at Fred's Floral just took off days before the parade. They need a replacement before business passes them by. Oh, and who am I going to get to finish the float? Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. With Indeed Instant Match, we immediately show you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your sponsor job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. JCPenney's Fall Mystery Sale is here. How much will you save? Hurry in store to find out. You could get an extra 30, 40, or even an extra 50% off Thursday through Sunday with Peel and Reveal coupon while supplies last. And with your surprise savings, you can easily refresh your closet and home new fall styles great fall savings jc penny coupon valid through 1017 some exclusions apply coupon giveaway in store only while supplies last must be 18 or older see store or jcp.com for details streaming worldwide through the 600 espn el paso mobile app 600 espn el paso is krod el paso a town square media station 600 espn el paso.com You're listening to Football Friday Night 
on 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go back to Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon. Welcome back to Week 8 of Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Our quick two-minute drill brought to you by the El Paso Association of Builders. Let's go out to our Cisco Movers Game of the Week and join Jaime Chavez for an update on Andres and Burgess. Coach. 351 left in the half. It is now Burgess 14 and Andres 6. Tavares Jones, a 31-yard touchdown run for the Mustangs. That extra point is good. And then Andrew Adamandadis, a nine-yard touchdown run for Burgess. Extra point good. The only score for Andrus, quarterback Elias Duncan, a 10-yard touchdown run, and that extra point failed. 3.30 left in the half at Mustang Stadium. It is Burgess 14 and Andrus 6. All right, Coach, thank you so much as you get that. Paul, wow, Tavoris Jones now out of the game. That's a tough one for the Burgess Mustangs. Uh, yeah, he's your playmaker. Uh, I mean, I guess if there's a good side, you actually have the lead. Uh, maybe the defense is going to have to try and make it stand out. I, I saw them a couple of weeks ago against Jeff. It seemed like every third play he was going down with something. So he's he's been nicked up. He didn't get a lot of carries last week. They blamed that on the flu. To uh, that's what they told Jaime Chavez. You know, you got to wonder if, if it's more than that. You know, but week to week, I think it's tough getting him on the field. Absolutely. Let's continue with our two-minute drill and head out to the Socorro Activities Complex and join Alex Nicholas with an update on Franklin and Socorro. Alex. 8-11 in our opening quarter, and Franklin and Socorro are scoreless. Franklin would take the opening kickoff. They would drive inside the Socorro 42-yard line, but the Bulldogs would force a turnover on downs. Their first play would be a 21-yard pass to get them into Franklin territory, but their drive was stalled as they are forced to punt right now. 8-11 left in our opening quarter, and Franklin and Socorro are scoreless. All right, Alex, thank you so much. No score at the sack between Franklin and Socorro. That should be an interesting one later tonight. We'll get updates all throughout the night from Alex Nicholas. Let's head back out on our two-minute drill and join Joey Panisi at Lions Stadium for an update on Mountain View and Clint. Joey. Yes, we got two minutes and 42 seconds left in the second quarter from Clint High School, and the score remains Clint 24, Mountain View 21. Uh, both teams seem to have tired, and they've swapped kickoffs, so, uh, punts, so nothing much happening. Um, just want to put in a plug for little Isaiah Gonzalez, the quarterback uh, here at Clint. Um, he's approaching 1,000 yards rushing. Uh, he has 500-plus yard um, games rushing. So with that, let me send it back to you with two minutes and 42 seconds left in the second quarter from Clint High School. It's Clint 24, Mountain View 21. All right, Joey, thank you so much. 24-21 Clint over Mountain View. We'll get a halftime report from Joey in just a little bit. Let's head back out to Riverfront Stadium and join J.D. Sursley for an update on Fabens and Riverside as that's inching closer to halftime. J.D. A minute and 20 seconds left in the second quarter. 28, Riverside, Fabian, zero. Uh, Jose Gradardo with three touchdowns the last with 12, 12 yards, 69 yards overall so far. And uh, Speedy Munoz going over 1,000 yards uh, of the season as a quarterback, so that is awesome. Um, so as of late, Fabian is trying to play cat and mouse because they do not want to let uh, Riverside have a lot more time so they barely punted with a minute and 20 seconds left, 28, Riverside, Fabian, zero. 
All right, JD, thank you so much. As that one's also inching closer to halftime, we got halftime scores all over the city at the half. El Paso High up on Bowie, twenty-one thirteen. Horizon leading Parkland, twenty-seven to seven at uh, halftime. Make that thirty-four to seven. Our Steve Escott ahead of said we we talked, you know, pr- uh, prior weeks. All these tough games for Parkland. All these losses. Was there a time where they were just going to up and implode? This might be the night. That might be. At halftime, Canateo over his letter, 21, 21 to 7. Austin all over Irvin, 28 nothing, And Pebble Hills leads Coronado, 12 nothing. all at halftime. We'll have halftime reports from all of our Football Friday Night reporters next. You're listening to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go back to Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon. Welcome back to Football Friday Night. You just heard our two-minute drill brought to you by the El Paso Association of Builders. Real high school football action is brought to you by Real Texas Builders. Ask your home builder if they're members of the El Paso Association of Builders. The home of Real Texas Builders, El Paso Builders. For an update from our Cisco Movers Game of the Week, the Andrus Eagles and the Burgess Mustangs, we hear injuries are taking their toll. Out for the Burgess Mustangs is running back Tavares Jones. Out, it sounds like, for the Andrus Eagles is all-star athlete Jeremiah Cooper. And that's another one. We talked about Tavares Jones being nicked up. Well, remember Jeremiah Cooper, what's it been, two weeks, maybe three when they played Bowie? They sat him out for that entire game nursing uh, knee issues. So both of these guys, uh, two of the more mercurial players in the city of El Paso, but uh, a little banged up. Let's get an update from Coach Jaime Chavez out at Burgess Mustang Stadium between Andrus and Burgess. Coach, take it away. We've got 45 seconds left in the half, and it's uh, still Burgess 14 and Andrus 6. The scoring for Burgess Tavares Jones, a 31-yard touchdown run, and Mendez, a 9-yard touchdown run for the Mustangs and the quarterback, uh, Andrews quarterback Elias Duncan, a 10-yard touchdown run. That extra point uh, was missed. And Jones, eight carries, 73 yards rushing. Jones has not played since the seven-minute mark of the second quarter. He was injured on a late hit by Andrus, and uh, he took to the sideline and uh, took off his shoulder pads. He seems to be favoring his right shoulder as he has had an ice pack uh, for the last three, four minutes on the Burgess sideline. And no word yet on the condition or the update, injury update regarding Jeremiah Cooper. As we've got um, 29 seconds left in the half at Mustang Stadium, it's Burgess 14 and Andrew 6. All right, Coach, thank you so much. A bit of a shocker there, but again, injury is taking their toll, it sure sounds like, at Burgess Mustang Stadium. Yeah, Jones off to a nice start. They're obviously going to need him. 70 yards against that Andrews defense is huge, and of course the touchdown run. I think at halftime they're going to all gather around uh, Tavares Jones and regale him with the story of Emmett Smith, 1993, (laughs) and the big New York Giants game. You betcha. Absolutely. We got halftimes all over the city. Let's go out to R.R. Jones Stadium, get this halftime report from Ray Adalto on the Bowie Bears and El Paso High Tigers. Ray. With uh, 11 minutes left in the third period now, we started the game. The score is the El Paso High Tigers, the uh, Bowie Bears 13. It's been really the quarterback versus quarterback challenge during the first half as both quarterbacks have really run themselves into TD positions. Once again, it's been uh, back and forth, back and forth on this game. 
as we talked about earlier, both of these teams have struggled over the last few years. Bowie coming off their first win of the year last week against Irvin, and last week El Paso High holding to the Jefferson Silver Foxes in a very unusual and still a very questionable way as to what happened in that game for them to fold like they did. But here with uh, 11 minutes still uh, going on the third quarter, the clock is stopped for some reason. It is uh, the El Paso High Tigers 21 and the visiting Bowie Bears 13. All right, Ray, thank you so much for that halftime report from our, our Jones Stadium as that game is creeping into the third quarter now. Let's go out to Steve Escajeda at Parkland's Matador Stadium, 34-7 Horizon at halftime. Boy, this one's been all Horizon. Steve, what for you got? What do you have for us at this halftime report from Matador Stadium? Steve? Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's been all Horizon from the very beginning. They're 34-7 here at the uh, Matador Stadium. We're very unhappy. Matador Stadium crowd. Uh, I'll give you some individual stats here. For Horizon, uh, running back Ernie Garcia, he only had 19 yards in the first half, but I mentioned that because he's averaging 176 per game. Uh, he has scored a touchdown on the ground, so I'll give him that. But don't let that fool you. He's had a great ball game tonight. He also has two catches for 85 yards and a touchdown, and also a 71-yard kickoff return for a touchdown getting him 16 uh, scores on the season. Uh, quarterback uh, Jacob uh, Kihas, six out of eight through the air, 133 yards passing, a touchdown pass. He's also rushed for 101 yards, and he scored a couple of touchdowns. And, uh, oh, yeah, on defense, uh, Aaron Sagala came into the ballgame with five interceptions. He added two more tonight in that first half, giving him seven, and, uh, of course, he leads the city in that. For the Parker Matadors, they're led on the ground by Isaiah Beasley, 98 yards rushing. 98 yards, very good, not too unusual. The 22 carries in the first half is quite a bit. So they get on uh, serving him all, all uh, first half long. Anthony Carrillo chipped in uh, seven carries for 37 yards and their lone touchdown. Uh, quarterback Eric Ortiz, six out of 11 through the air, 50 yards. However, he's thrown two to the other side, a couple of interceptions for Ortiz. And Nick Coleman, three catches for 26 yards. Team-wise, Horizon very balanced in the first half. 122 yards on the ground, 133 through the air, 255 total for the Scorpions. For Parkland, 188 total, 38 on the ground, 50 through the air. And maybe the biggest stat of the night in the first half, Horizon, zero turnovers. Parkland, four big giveaways. So, this halftime... Here at Parkland, we were about nine minutes to go uh, to go to the uh, second half kickoff. It's all Horizon by the tune of thirty-four to seven. And both those four turnovers could get a lot worse because Isaiah Beasley can't carry the ball another twenty plus times uh, down thirty-four to seven like they are. That sophomore quarterback. It took him four tries to finally settle on a quarterback. It's Eric Ortiz, the the sophomore. He's going to put going to have to put it in the air. The good news. Couple of nice receivers, the Crest kid on one side, and uh, and uh, Lewis on the other. They can both uh, Dante Lewis. They can go get the ball. It's a matter of you know, can Ortiz get it there? He's going to have to. Well, let's head out to the reservation in Isleta's Hutchins Stadium. Join Joe Rodriguez for this halftime update between Canatillo and Isleta. Looks like it's all Eagles. Joe, take it away. Thank you, 
very much, Bo. Moments away from the start of the third quarter, and it is the Canotillo Eagles leading the Slater Indians by the score of 21-7. to We give some halftime stats here for you all. Uh, the Canotillo Eagles have five first downs. They carry the ball 15 times for 193 yards. Uh, Devin uh, Granados through the air has not made a completion. Obviously, it's a, so therefore, the total offensive yards just sits at 193. The Canotillo Eagles do have one penalty for 10 yards. Obviously, uh, the highlight offensively for the Eagles would be L.J. Martin, who has nine carries in the first half for 88 yards and two touchdowns. Over on the Isleta Indian side of things, they do have seven first downs. They only have eight carries for 22 yards. However, the quarterback for the Isleta Indians, Damian Contreras, uh, has uh, 12, uh, excuse me, 21 attempts. He's completed 12 of those for 145 yards, a grand total of 167 yards offensively for the Isleta Indians. They do have six penalties for 65 yards. And honestly, the, the, the difference in this one in the first half has been those two big uh, breakaway uh, carries for touchdowns, one by L.J. Martin for 56 yards, and then the Tony Ayala 68-yard. Other than that, if it wasn't for those two plays, this ball game would be a whole lot closer than it is. And as you can tell, I mean, it's relatively close. 193 offensive yards for the Canotillo Eagles, while the Isleti Indians have 167. Like I said, we're moments away. The inflatable balloons where both teams come on the field have just come up, and both teams are currently on the gridiron. So we are moments away from kicking off of the third quarter out here at the reservation. Always a pleasure to come out here. But for right now, it is Canutillo leading Isleti by the score of 21 to 7. All right, Joe, thank you so much out there. Been all Eagles over the Indians out at the reservation. Also at halftime, our Cisco Movers game of the week, the Burgess Mustangs lead the Andrus Eagles 14 to 6. That game just went to halftime. Uh, we had a game going on. We finally have some scoring from the sack. Let's join Alex Nicholas with an update on Franklin and Socorro. Alex. 30 and running here in the opening quarter and Franklin actually is going to take a 14-0 lead as Miles McWhorter with a two-yard touchdown run. Hot action just as you guys come into me. That would cap off a five-play 32-yard drive. That would be aided by a fourth down attempt by the third down on the previous session for Socorro. They would fumble. Franklin would take over for there and score, like I mentioned, a five-play, 32-yard drive. That would be Miles McWhorter's second touchdown of the evening. His first would come at the 526 mark of the first first quarter. That would be a 24-yard touchdown run. That would cap off a long, a very lengthy eight-play, 96-yard drive. Right now, uh, Franklin tried to attempt a two-point conversion on their score, and it is no good. 222 left in the opening quarter. Franklin, 14, Socorro, nothing. All right, Alex, thank you so much. Boy, Franklin can strike and strike fast out there. Already 14-0, the Cougars over the Socorro Bulldogs. Back to some halftime reports. We got, oh, this one was all Austin over Irvin in the first half. Let's head out to Irvin Memorial Stadium and join Jeremy Caraco for this halftime update on Austin and Irvin. Jeremy. Yeah, just under eight minutes left to go here at halftime at Irvin Memorial Stadium. It is homecoming, and unfortunately for the Rockets, they were trailing 28-0 to the Austin Panthers. And just to get you an idea on how lopsided this is, it is 248 total yards for Austin and for Irvin, just 47. And the key mark is they have zero passing yards, and that is their key. Irvin has got to throw the ball if they want to come back in this one in the second half. 
Leading the way for the Austin Panthers, Jaden Wilson, 10 carries for 86 yards and a touchdown. Israel Luna, 73 yards on three carries for a touchdown. Sebastian Morales has 22 yards. And that rushing attack, as you'd expect from Austin, they have 178 of their total 248 through the ground. And then on in the air, Sebastian Morales has caught a 70-yard touchdown pass near the end of the second first quarter. And Luis Fernandez gets his first touch air uh, air touchdown through the air, 70 yards to, uh, as I mentioned, Sebastian Morales. And all the scoring was in the first quarter for Austin. Israel Luna opened the game up with a 21-yard score. Jaden Wilson following a fumble, five-yard score. And some defense, which is the key for Austin going forward in this district, to try and get back near the top, it's Irvin Cortinas, who had a 36-yard interception return touchdown, and then the 70-yard score at the three-minute mark of the first quarter, Sebastian Morales and Luis Fernandez cooking up there. So that's about it at halftime. It's all Austin. We'll see if Irvin can try and get on the board and get some momentum going. So 28-0 here at halftime. It is Austin over Irvin here at Irvin. All right, Jeremy, thank you so much. All Austin Panthers is that starting up in the third quarter already. Let's head out to Coronado's T-Bird Stadium. Get a halftime report from Adrian Broaddus on the T-Birds and the Spartans of Pebble Hills. Adrian. Guys, it's 10.43 left here in the third quarter. The Pebble Hill Spartans back on the board. They're on top of the Coronado Thunderbirds, 19 to nothing. Wow, this just happened right here, right uh, as you guys called me. It was quarterback Gaiello Ochoa who hooked up with his wide receiver, Jaleel Bost, for an 89-yard connection, a touchdown on just a simple play. Uh, it, it was just a fade route, and then uh, Jaleel Bost broke him on that play. Really impressed by Galil Ochoa. Prior to this, he had five straight incompletions, including an interception following the fifth incompletion in a row. Then he throws this 89-yard uh, touchdown pass right out of halftime. Again, with 10.43 left here in the third quarter. One, actually, one stat I just want to mention real quick. Eric Marin, 10 carries on the ground, 72 rushing yard leading the way for the Pebble Hill Spartans. So, again, 10.43 left here in the third quarter. The Pebble Hill Spartans is on top of the Coronado Thunderbirds, 19 nothing. All right, Adrian, thank you so much. 19-0 Pebble Hills over Coronado in the third quarter. Let's sit out and get a halftime report from Lions Stadium. The Mountain View Lobos and the Clint Lions in an exciting game in the Lower Valley. Let's sit out to Joey Panisi for this halftime update. Joey. Yes, it is an exciting game, and we're at halftime, and Clint has a 31-21 lead over Mountain View. Um I've been so confused because so much has been going on. It's an exciting game. We all predicted it. Um, let me just put in a plug for this quarterback from Clint, Isaiah Gonzalez. Uh, Clint was driving, and penalties erased a 48-yard run by Kevin Casada, and then on the next play, a 40-yard run by Manny Holguin. So it's under a minute they're at the 50-yard line, and Isaiah Gonzalez, their star quarterback, steps back and throws a 50-yard pass right into the hands of Carlos Ariola. Ariola gets tackled at the two yard line and then and then uh, Isaiah Gonzalez runs it in. So that gives us a score thirty one twenty one. Now let's talk about um, quarterback Junior Salcedo um, from Mountain View. Uh, he just passed nineteen hundred total yards on the year. He's passed six times, he's passed twelve times, completed six, he's got hundred and seventy two yards one including a 75-yard TV strike to Hansel Hernandez, 
And then he contributed with a 50-yard TD run of his own. Uh, Gilbert, Gilbert Gamboa from Mountain View has 50 yards carrying uh, on a 50-yard run. And then Hansel Hernandez had his seventh TD catch of the year, uh, three catches, one TD of 75 yards. Um, like I said earlier, it's a, a battle of the quarterbacks. Uh, we'll see who can play some defense next half, uh, and that will decide the game. So with halftime going on, homecoming here at Clint. The score is Clint 31, Mountain View 21. All right, Joey, thank you very much for that update. Wow, 31 points for the Clint Lions in the first half, taking control of this one just by 10 at halftime. Let's get a halftime report from Riverfront Stadium and join J.D. Sursley for an update on Riverside and Fabens. J.D. Yes, five minutes left uh, for the halftime show. Uh, Riverside 35, Fabian 0. Anthony Munoz uh, eclipsed the 1,000 yards uh, running for a quarterback. Uh, Jose Godardo has been MVP so far with three touchdowns, 89 yards on the ground. Um, but we do have to note that Riverside leads the city in turnovers and tur- turnover differentials. So they already have two turnovers, uh, which was led by two fumble recoveries, one by Alfredo Segala, which was actually the last touchdown before halftime. So it is now 35 Riverside, Fabian 0, 11 minutes left. All right, J.D., not real surprising there. We figured the Riverside Rangers, one of the best offenses in the city, showing it tonight at home against Fabens. Also not a surprise, two more turnovers against uh, the Fabens Wildcats. That's 25 on the season wow. for uh, Riverside, which, by the way, with a win tonight, garners their first winning season since 2011. They went 8-4. Wow. Runners up in that district. It's been a long time. That was, been a long time, that was Brian Anoho and um, Andrew Hernandez, the guy who was the all-time uh, city res- – I think he was the only guy that ever went over 200 yards as a receiver. Of course, that was busted a couple of years ago when uh, Michael Blanco yeah. from the Hanks yeah. Knights, the great Michael Blanco, uh, blew right by him. Yeah, absolutely. What a, what a season so far for the Riverside Rangers. All right, let's get a halftime report from our Cisco Movers Game of the Week in the Andrus Eagles and Burgess Mustangs with Coach Jaime Chavez. Coach, take it away. It's halftime at uh, Mustang Stadium, and it's Burgess 14 and Andrus 6. Tavares Jones of Burgess, a 31-yard touchdown run. And his teammate, Andrew Armandadis, added a 9-yard touchdown run late in the second quarter. Jones is, has 8 carries and 73 yards rushing, and he's over 900 yards rushing on the season. Now, Jones did not return after the 7-minute mark in the second quarter. He was injured on a late hit. And right now he's being evaluated. He's uh, We don't know yet about his status, but he's being evaluated for a shoulder injury. And we'll get an update uh, on his condition. Same thing for Andrus' Jeremiah Cooper, who left the game in the second quarter. And uh, no, uh, no word yet on his status. Andrus' uh, only touchdown, Elias Duncan, a 10-yard touchdown run in the first quarter. The defenses have taken over this one. Quarterback Andrew Rutledge... Uh, He's, he's three of five, 75 yards passing, and he's been sacked twice. Elias Duncan, two of four, 60 yards passing, two sacks. He's got five carries, 22 yards rushing, and the 10-yard touchdown run. Ray Campos for Burgess, four carries, 38 yards rushing. And the game has been a little sloppy with penalties. Burgess, six penalties and 45 yards. Andrus, also six penalties, uh, 50 yards. So it's halftime. 
at Mustang Stadium, and it's Burgess 14 and Andrew 6. Coach, thank you so much. All the games at halftime now starting up in the second half. We'll have much more on this after this break. So many exciting games out there. You're listening to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. At BPL Plasma, you can be a hero every day. Regularly donating plasma helps save lives and helps you easily earn money. New donors can earn up to $750 a month. What's not to love? When you walk into the center to donate, you're much more than a donor. You are literally a lifeline to patients. BPL Plasma has two centers in El Paso, downtown at 313 South Stanton and northeast at 9813 Dyer Street. Visit a BPL Plasma center today or go to BPLplasma.com to learn more. Experience unique flavors. A taco avocado. First, start with a signature hand-rolled taco. Choose between chicken, pork, ground beef, southwest chicken, or brisket tacos. Plus, vegan tacos are available. Potato, avocado, or bean tacos. Then choose your chips. Sweet potato, regular potato chips, or tostada. Finally, choose a signature dip. Homemade queso, fresh guac, creamy buffalo, or sour cream. Taco about the options. All at Taco Avocado. 2114 North Zaragoza. Taco Avocado. Eat good for you fast food. No gluten and no sugar. Order online. TacoAvocado.com. Are you drowning in IRS tax debt? I owe the IRS $37,000. Get ready for a toll-free hotline. Take advantage of new IRS tax forgiveness programs that may protect you from IRS collection agencies. They have the power to garnish your wages, put liens on your property, and levy your bank account. Civic Tax Relief can help protect you from the IRS. Civic Tax Relief basically represented me against the IRS, and by the time everything was completed, I didn't owe the IRS anything. Find out about the Fresh Start program that is now a Available through Civic Tax Relief. Civic Tax Relief's special tax hotline can help you discover all the relief programs available for free. I would recommend anyone who has a tax problem to contact Civic Tax Relief. Just call 800 324 4522. 800 324 4522. Don't wait. Call now. 800 324 4522. 800 324 4522. Exam 4 needs to be sanitized. Mursana's MRI clinic isn't operating at max efficiency. She needs a new certified tech certifiably now. Someone's waiting in room 2 for an ACL scan. Can you handle that? Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. With Indeed Instant Match, we immediately show you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. Uh, dashboard light problems? We can help. Our free fix finder service can read your check engine light, ABS light, and service indicator light and give you possible solutions verified by licensed technicians. You'll even get detailed results sent straight to your email so you have them when you need it most. It's the most complete free warning light report backed by technician verified fixes. The free fix finder service, only at AutoZone. AutoZone. More details at AutoZone.com. 600 ESPN El Paso and 95.5 KLAQ present UTEP Football 2021. Hi, this is Adrian Broaddus with Sal Montes. This season, you'll hear a mix of UTEP football games live on KLAQ and 600 ESPN El Paso. Game 7 versus Louisiana Tech, Saturday, October 16th. And after the game, get ready for Minor Talk. Only on 600 ESPN El Paso. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go back to Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon. 
Welcome back to Week 8 of Football Friday Night. Get to the scores in just a moment. First, our Senior Player of the Week is sponsored by the Greater El Paso Football Showcase. This week's senior, how about Chapin Husky quarterback Mason Standifer? We want to give a shout-out to him because he's named the Built Ford Tough Player of the Week in the state of Texas. He was 23 of 42 passing for 439 yards, plus 77 yards on the ground, eight total touchdowns, and that 56-52 victory a big win over Chapin over Horizon last week. Mason Standifer, this week's Built for Tough Texas Player of the Week. First 400-yard uh, passing game for, for that kid, a three-year starter, but you know because of a, a, a broken clavicle as a sophomore and then COVID knocked out a few games last year. Hasn't gotten the snaps that he needed to get. The kid is really coming into his own, and I think that was never a better uh, example than that shootout last week with Horizon. Which looks even better now. Look at what Horizons do. Another thirty-four Absolutely. points of the board at halftime over the Parkland Matadors. So uh, yeah, I, I think Chapin's ready for uh, for their season to their district season to start. And of course, that's a week away. Very much so. The big schools in five A all off this week. That's El Dorado, Del Valle, Chapin, Bel Air all off. Also on buys this week: Jefferson, Hanks, Cathedral, Gadsden, and San Elizario. Our senior player of the week is brought to you by the Greater El Paso Football Showcase. Remember, senior football players, you must have your SAT, ACT results submitted by December first to be eligible for the combine and the game. Go to nine one five showcase dot com and the social media facebook and twitter to see weekly top five performers scores and stats of teams players and more let's go through our uh Football Friday night scoreboard for you. At halftime, the Burgess Mustangs lead the Andrus Eagles 14-6. In the third quarter, El Paso High over on over Bowie 35-13. At halftime, Horizon leads Parkland 34-7. And Canatillo leads Isleta 28-7. Also at half, Austin High all over Irvin 28-0. In the third quarter, Pebble Hills leads Coronado 19-0. While the Franklin Cougars lead the Socorro Bulldogs in the late game at the sack in the second quarter, it's 14 nothing. Actually, Franklin. now 22 oh, to nothing. I know you're going to like this. Bo Sparks, I think a 48-yard touchdown reception to go up three scores. Hey, Bo knows football. So 22 nothing. Franklin over Socorro in the second quarter. In 4A, the Clint Lions lead Mountain View at the half, 31-21. And then Riverside, Oliver Fabens at halftime, 35 nothing up in the land of enchantment Mayfield all over Chaparral 51-0 at halftime Deming leading Santa Teresa 21-16 and Alpine leading Tornillo 35 nothing now time for our Longhorn distributing out of town scoreboard Paul take it away no district 2-4-A tonight there like our Super 5-A taking the week off. So a truncated out-of-town scoreboard, but still some big games, even some huge games. This is not one of them. Midland Legacy all over Odessa High. This one's already in the books. 51 to nothing. Legacy moves to 6-1 and on the season, 3-0 and in the district. Elsewhere, Odessa Permian up on Midland, 34-23, as they look to move to 3-1. and That'll make that Permian Legacy matchup a big one, uh, as long as there's only a game separating the two. Also, Abilene up on Friendship, a bit of a, bit of a surprise, 28-21. That was just out of halftime. Uh, Abilene 3-3, and 1-1. Friendship 4-3, and 1-2. and Friendship in desperate need of a victory in District 2-6A. Down to the 5A's Amarillo-Coronado matchup tonight. No score yet. Thursday nighter, the Beast, Amarillo-Tascosa, 46-14 over uh, 
fellow city mate, uh, Amarillo Caprock, as I said, 46-14. Tascosa now 8-1, and excuse me, 7-1 and on the season. Undefeated 4-0 in the district. Of course, the big win last week over Amarillo in a matchup of a couple of 5-1 and teams. Paladuro-Lubbock also on the schedule. Uh, to st- smaller 5A, Wichita Falls Thursday nighter beats Wiley, Abilene Wiley. 41-25 as they moved to 2-1 and one in the district. And I did say a huge game, did I not? Wichita Falls Rider and Lubbock Cooper matching up to nine. The reason that's a big game. The regional final in, uh, in Division II 5A. In other words, the game that sends teams to the final four of the state playoffs for the last three seasons has been Lubbock Cooper and Wichita Falls Rider, of course, both coming out of that, that uh, 3 5A district. Well, 6-3, to three, Wichita Falls Ryder on top of Cooper. Remember, Ryder won that contest to go to the Final Four last year. Cooper won it the year previously, and the year before that, Ryder won that one. So they seem to uh, trade these two teams. And, oh, by the way, the last time Cooper didn't make it to the Final Four of uh, Region 1, well, that was the year the Parkland Matadors knocked him off, 44-33, something like that. A.J. Briggs and a guy named Hankins, uh, not a bad club. Those Matadors, uh, how far the Matadors have fallen based on what's going on tonight uh, uh, versus Horizon. All right, and that is your out-of-town scoreboard. Thank you, Paul. Brought to you by Longhorn Distributing, the only hot seat dealer in West Texas and southern New Mexico. Your source for cleaning equipment, service, and supplies, Longhorn Distributing, 5516 East Paisano Drive, in El Paso. Still much more to come. You're listening to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. From hometown to national. Sports spoken here. 600 ESPN El Paso is KROD El Paso. A Town Square Media Station. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go back to Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon. Thank you and welcome back to Football Friday Night. For Paul McKinnon, I'm Bo Bagley and producer Angel Speedy Munoz. Doing a great job there behind the scenes. We got score updates from all over the city, including our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. Let's head out to Jaime Chavez for an update as the Burgess Mustangs kicked off the second half in style. Coach, take it away. We've got 11.23 left in the third quarter and two quick scores on the opening kickoff for the, this, uh, this quarter. Ray Campos of Burgess, a 91-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. The extra point was good. And then Andrews comes back right away with uh, Malcolm Anderson, a 65-yard touchdown run. And uh, that extra point failed. Uh, it was uh, wide to the left. And uh, some good news for uh, Burgess fans. Tavares Jones is back on the field. He suffered a, a shoulder injury in the uh, in the second quarter, and he uh, did not play the last seven minutes. But he, he's back uh, uh, on the field and, and getting ready as Burgess uh, has a first and ten at their own twenty-yard line. As a, as a matter of fact, Jones uh, he gets that handoff, and he's going to get about uh, twelve yards as he goes through his and another penalty. This one by Andrews looks like Jones was slapped in the face as uh, as he went out of bounds. So a big gain for uh, the Burgess Mustangs. And uh, another update uh, for Andrews. Um, 
Jeremiah Cooper has one catch for 15 yards. That's the only uh, action he's seeing. And he uh, left the game in the second quarter, and uh, the Andrews coaches uh, will not elaborate uh, or they will not give an update on his condition. That's uh, Jeremiah Cooper for Andrews. And uh, the only score for the Andrews, uh, Andrews Eagles, Elias Duncan, a 10-yard uh, touchdown run. Jones, Tavares Jones, a 31-yard touchdown run. Andrew Armandadis, a 9-yard touchdown run. And then Ray Campos, a 91-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. So we've got 11-17 left in the uh, third quarter at Mustang Stadium. It's Burgess 21 and Andrews 12. All right, Coach, thank you so much. What a start to the second half in our Cisco Movers Game of the Week, 21-12, Burgess over Andrus. I'm wondering if that missed uh, PAT could loom large late in this game. And not just one, but two. And the reason two's big, 21-12, do your math, that's nine points. That's a two-score. No two-point conversion is going get, to get you over on that one. Absolutely. Hey, let's head out to R.R. Jones Stadium, a fun one if you're an El Paso High Tigers fan. Usually they're the cardiac kids, but looking like they're running away with this one against the Bowie Bears. Let's join Ray Adalto for an update from Jones Stadium. Ray. Paso High Tigers are on a third down and goal from their own three, and the Bowie Bears take them down. The score right now, the El Paso High Tigers... 35, the visiting Bowie Bears, 21. Let me catch you up on the scoring since the last time we talked at 9.09 left in the third period. It was a strange quarterback almost sacked for the El Paso High Tigers. He got caught up on the ankles, flea-fickered it out to the running back who got the ball down to the two-yard line. And then with just a, just a little four-yard pass TD with 8.51 left, the PAT was good. That made the score. The El Paso High Tigers 28, Bowie Bears 13. 6.52 left in the uh, third period. The Bowie Bears punted. El Paso High ran it back 60 yards. The PAT was good. That was Pedro Chavez on that run back, making the score 35-13 to 13, El Paso High. The last score was a buoy score with a quarterback two-yard TD run by Ramirez with 238 left in the third. They went for a two-point PAT, which was good, making the score what it is right now, 35-21. But El Paso High is back on their uh, on the uh, buoy bear five-yard line, five-yard uh, line, fourth and goal for the Bears. They are, um, excuse me, for the Tigers. They are going for it. They look like they're going to call a timeout after all. Timeout El Paso High to think it over, and I bet you they'll go to a field goal. So with a full final fourth quarter left here at R.R. Jones Stadium, the score remains El Paso High 35, your Bowie Bears 21. Ray, thank you so much for that update. El Paso High up 35-21. We'll see if the Bowie Bears can make a game of it in the fourth quarter. Let's head out to Parkland's Matador Stadium. Steve Escajeda, see if the Horizon Scorpions have increased that lead over Parkland or if the Matadors have inched their way back in this one. Steve, take it away. Well, no. They haven't gotten any closer, uh, Bo. Sorry to say that. One twenty-one to go here in the third quarter. And it's Horizon now 48 to 14 over the Parkland Matadors. And for Horizon, well, you can sum this whole night up in just two names, Ernie Garcia and Jacob Quijas. The running back, Garcia, so far, he's got a touchdown on the ground, a kickoff return for a touchdown, 
And how about this? Four catches on the night for 178 yards and three more touchdowns. The quarterback, Jacob Gias for Horizon, 10 out of 13 through the air, 264 yards, three touchdown passes. Oh, by the way, 116 yards on the ground and two more scores for him. And that's about all you can say about this ball game. 116 to go here in the third quarter. Horizon, Oliver Parkland, 48 to 14. All right, Steve, thank you very much. Boy, the Horizon Scorpions really pulling away. And, Paul, as you just said earlier, as we were talking about Mason Standifer and the Chapin Huskies, makes that big 56-52 win for Chapin look very, very good right now over the Horizon Scorpions last week. And I think at the same time, you got to ask yourself, what about Horizon? You know, they that had an up-and-down roller coaster kind of season. All of a sudden, they get on the field with Chapin and trade blows back and forth. They came away with a loss, but I think they might have come away with a lot more than that. I think they got designs on, well, I don't want to relegate them to second place, but, I mean, the Kennedy Teal game is still out there, I guess. Absolutely. There we go. Hey, speaking of the Kennedy Teal Eagles, they're taking on the Isleta Indians at Hutchins Stadium. Let's join Joe Rodriguez for an update on Kennedy Teal and Isleta Joe. 555 left in the third quarter, and it is Canutillo leading the Isleta Indians by the score of 43-7. to The game kind of got away from the Isleta Indians very, very badly here, as in pretty much half a quarter, the Canutillo Eagles scored four times. A 45-yard touchdown pass from, uh, or excuse me, a 45-yard touchdown rush uh, by LJ Martin, then a pick six by the team's leading tackler, uh, middle linebacker uh, Jesus Carrillo, uh, scored on a touchdown on an interception. After that, uh, Isleta went on a three and out. They punted the ball, and on that punt, a 70-yard punt return by Lorenzo Ariola. That was at the 8.36 mark uh, in the third quarter. At that time, it was 41-7, to and then Isleta had a safety, and uh, that's where we're at right now. It's a fourth down, a rare fourth down, for the Canutillo Eagles at their own 36-yard line. It's fourth and about 20, so a punt will be coming up here for the Canutillo Eagles. With 541 left in the third quarter, it is all Canutillo leading the Isleta Indians by the score of 43-7. to And Kenya Teal usually puts these things away in the first quarter. Today, they waited 21-7 halftime. Isleta gave them a good run in those first 24, but now Kenya Teal just turned the dial. Sure did. Kenneth Teal pulling away in the third quarter, leading 43-7. to Let's head out to the sack. The nightcap between Franklin and Socorro at the Student Activities Complex. Let's join Alex Nicholas for an update on Franklin and Socorro. Alex. Four and a half minutes left until halftime, and it's all Franklin as they have a 30 to nothing lead over Socorro. Uh, Paul mentioned that 48-yard touchdown pass from Cameron Bird to both sparks. That was the, at the 11:38 mark of the second quarter. Next drive for Franklin, it would be Bird to Franco Hernandez from 40 yards out. That would be at the 9:01 mark. Um, that would be Bird's 20th passing touchdown of the season. That currently leads District 16A. Right now, Socorro is actually putting together their best drive of the day, which would be the fifth drive. They have a third and goal situation from inside the Franklin eight-yard line with 4:10 left until halftime, and Franklin leading Socorro 30 to nothing. All right, Alex, thank you so much. 30 nothing, big lead in the first half for the Franklin Cougars over the Socorro Bulldogs. Let's head out to the second half between Austin High and Irvin at Tony Shaw's Irvin Memorial Stadium. And join Jeremy Caraco for an update. Jeremy. 8-29, fourth quarter, that Austin running game chewing out the clock now. It's 35-0, Austin leading Irvin. Late in this game, Gabriel Lugo gets us his first touchdown of the season, a 10-yard run, 
and the Austin Panther rushing attack putting away this game. An Irvin turnover early in the first half just much set the momentum completely away from the Irvin Rockets. So Austin looks like they're going to run away with this one, guys. We're hitting eight minutes left in the game. Austin with the ball back inside the 30 of Irvin, and uh, it's 35-0. Austin leading Irvin 7:58 fourth quarter. You know, I, I I warned Jeremy. I said, hey, you know, this might you may not might want to go to this game, but Jeremy just loves the homecoming games. There you go. He's, he's only been back a few weeks, and I think he gets one every time. I think he needs to have a heart to heart with Steve Escada, who's assigning these contests. Don't don't think it's an accident. Steve, he's devious like that. Yeah, yeah he is. All right, Austin High leaving Ir- Irvin thirty five nothing in the fourth quarter. Let's head out to Adrian Bradis. For this second half update, Pebble Hills and Coronado. Adrian, what do you got for us from T-Bird Stadium? 56 seconds left here in the third quarter. Pebble Hills on top of Coronado, 22-7. to Following Pebble Hills kicker Mauricio Dominguez, who nailed the 30-yard field goal for the Spartans, following a muffed kickoff that was actually recovered by Daniel Hernandez of the Spartans. Uh, that put Pebble Hills up 22 to nothing against Coronado. But then Coronado marched down the field. Quarterback Blake Randack scored on a five-yard keeper, and the Thunderbirds got on the board. So we've got 56 seconds left here in the third quarter. Pebble Hills on top of Coronado, 22 to 7. All right, Adrian, thank you so much. Looks like Pebble Hills is going to run away with that one over the Coronado T-Birds. An exciting game between Mountain View at Clint. At half, it was 31-21. The Clint Lions over the Mountain View Lobos. Let's join Joey Panisi for this second half update. Joey. Yes, we're just underway in the third quarter from Clint High School where the score remains Clint 31, Mountain View 21. Uh, Typical Clint fashion, they received the kickoff this quarter and they've marched it down to the five-yard line. They are just a juggernaut when it comes to running that football. They share the ball between about 10 different running backs, and each one can hurt you. Interesting stat, and then I'll send it back. Clint had 268 yards total offense and scored four touchdowns in the first half. Mountain View, 330. Sounds to me like Gil and Ivy just scored a second touchdown of the game. So that makes it 37, possibly 38. So with 9.44 left in the third quarter, back to you guys. Clint, 37, Mountain View, 21. Well, Joey, thank you so much. Good timing on football Friday night. Touchdown by the Clint Lions as they now move up to at least 16-point lead over the Mountain View Lobos. Mountain View hasn't beaten these guys in a decade, and it looks like it's going to continue. That's a big TD right there. Maybe the put-away score. Absolutely. In the start of the second half is both teams' district openers at Lions Stadium. Let's get an update from J.D. Sursley on Riverside and Fabens from Riverfront Stadium. J.D., what do you got for us? 7.54 left in the third quarter. We got an exciting ball game if you're a Riverside Ranger fan. 42 Riverside Fabian, zero. Speedy Munoz, uh, over 1,000 yards for the season running as a quarterback. But Jose Godardo, it is his show today. Four touchdowns, and the last one ended up uh, 119 of the ball game so far. 7.54 left in the third quarter. Riverside 42, Fabian, zero. 
All right, J.D., thank you very much. We also have a final from Chaparral Lobos Stadium. Mayfield Trojans top Chaparral 51-0. Also, a big game between Santa Teresa and Deming, district opener for both teams. Santa Teresa 6-1 and one on the season. They've come back, trailed at half by five, but Santa Teresa now leads it in the third quarter 24-21 over Deming. And to dovetail on that Riverside game, uh, the last score for the Rangers... Alfredo Segala, three-yard fumble recovery return. That's his second of the season. But also, we talked about Riverside and the turnovers coming in. They had 23 coming into the game. Best in the city. Now they're up to at least 26. 26 that we know of. All right. Exciting games all around town. We're going to take a break and have much more next on Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go back to Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon. Welcome back to Football Friday Night Week 8. We have some finals all around town and outside of town, especially in West Texas. Alpine all over Tornillo, 48-0 the final. Crane defeats Anthony 46 to 6 the final. Earlier today, Eastlake topped Eastwood 59-41 the final Eastlake, improving to 3 and 1 in district while Eastwood falls to 1 and 3. Now time for our 2-minute drill, brought to you by the El Paso Association of Builders. Let's go to our Cisco Movers game of the week and join Jaime Chavez with an update on Andres and Burgess. Coach the 407 left in the third quarter. It is Burgess 21 and Andrus 12. The scoring for Burgess, Tavares Jones, a 31 yard touchdown run. Andrew Armendaris, a nine yard touchdown run. And Ray Campos for Burgess, a 91 yard kickoff return for a touchdown. All those extra points were good. The Andrus scoring, Malcolm Anderson, a 65 yard touchdown run. Quarterback Elias Duncan, a 10 yard touchdown run. And those uh, extra points failed. Four minutes left in the third quarter at Mustang Stadium. It's Burgess 21 and Andrews 12. All right, Coach, thank you so much. Let's continue our two-minute drill and head out to R.R. Jones Stadium and join Ray Adalto for an update on Bowie and El Paso High. Ray. 651 left in this ball game with the score. The El Paso High Tigers 38, the Bowie Bears 21. The uh, the scoring in the fourth in the fourth quarter has in the second half. Let me repeat that. It's been four scores in this last half. The last one was a twenty yard uh, field goal by Chidas, the quarterback for El Paso High. Field goal. Can you believe that by Chidas? He did that before in that victory early on this year. So sitting here at R.R. Jones Stadium, uh, Bowie Bears have the ball on the uh, El Paso High 35-yard line, and they are moving first and 10. 6.26 left in this ballgame. El Paso High 38, the visiting Bowie Bears 21. Ray, thank you very much. Looks like the El Paso High Tigers pulling away slowly in this one. They led 35-13 early in the third quarter, but now just 38-21. Let's head out to Steve Escajeda for a two-minute drill update on Horizon and Parkland. Steve, take it away. We've got 6.45 to go in the bowl game, and this one's been in uh, Horizon's uh, side of the ledger all night long. They're on, on top of Parkland, 48-21. to 21. And I guess the uh, play of the ball game so far for the uh, for, for uh, Horizon is that to be quarterback Jacob Diaz, 13 out of 17 through the air, 285 yards, three touchdowns, 
Oh, he's also run for two more. Uh, we're approaching the six-minute mark in the ballgame. It's all horizon. They're on top of Parkland, 48-14. to 14. All right, Steve, thank you so much. A big lead for the Horizon Scorpions over the Parkland Matadors. Let's head out to Joe Rodriguez at the reservation where the Isleta Indians are hosting the Canateo Eagles, but this is all Eagles all night of this one. Joe, what is the update you got for us? 11.07 left in the ballgame, and it is Canutillo leading uh, the Isleta Indians by the score of 43-17. to 17. Uh, The story of the second half, quite simple. The Canutillo Eagles scored four times in about half of a quarter to uh, extend their lead and pretty much put this one to bed. Uh, it's safe to assume that this final quarter of football will be just the Canutillo Eagles making an effort to close the game out and to pick up what will be their seventh victory of the season. With 11 minutes to go in the ball game, it is Canutillo leading Isleta by the score of 43-7. to all right, Joe, thank you very much. Wow, 43-17, Canadio over the Zled Indians. Let's head out to Alex Nicholas at the sack. Get a two-minute drill update on Franklin and Socorro. Alex, take it away. 40 seconds left until halftime, and Franklin with a 45 nothing lead over Socorro. Franklin didn't have the ball for almost eight minute, an eight-minute stretch in the second quarter, but no problem. The Franklin defense with two big scores and 102-yard Pick six by Jordan Morales the 249 minute. And then about 24 seconds later, Zach Farhat with a 14-yard fumble recovery, making it 45 nothing. Franklin with 37 seconds and running left until halftime. Alex, thank you so much. Wow, 45 nothing. Franklin over Socorro. Very big there. Uh, we're going to final wrap-up. We're going to get a final wrap-up from Jeremy in just a moment. Let's head out to Adrian Brodus in just a little bit, get a two-minute drill update from Adrian on Pebble Hills and Coronado. Now, at last check, it was 22-7 to Pebble Hills over the Coronado T-Birds. Now, Pebble Hills really led this from the start to finish. 12-0, then 19-0, 12-0 at halftime, 19-0. They get the first score in the third quarter, then leading on to a 22-7 lead in the fourth as we get Adrian ready to go. A big Franklin and Socorro first half by the Franklin Cougars. We'll have much more from Alex Nicholas in just a little bit. We have a final at Irvin Memorial Stadium. We'll get to Jeremy in just a little bit for the wrap-up there. Let's head out to Adrian Brodus at T-Bird Stadium for an update, a two-minute drill update on Pebble Hills and Coronado. 10.32 left here in the fourth quarter. Pebble Hills on top of Coronado, 35-7. to Two consecutive drives where the Spartans scored, and it was none other than quarterback Aiello Choa. He just scored a touchdown number five. It was a 33-yard rushing score. He's rushed for four today, threw for one touchdown. And again, 10-30 left here in the game. Pebble Hills on top of Coronado, 35-7. Jeremy, thank you so much. Or I should say, Adrian, thank you so much. 35-7. to Pebble Hills over Coronado. Let's head out to Joey Panisi for a two-minute drill update on the Clint Lions and the Mountain View Lobos. Joey, take it away. Yes, from Clint High School, five minutes and 47 seconds left in the third quarter. It's now Clint 38, Mountain View 27. Mountain View just will not go away. Julian Junior Salcedo just completed a 65-yard touchdown pass to Hansel Hernandez. And now Julian, excuse me, Isaiah Gonzalez has just been intercepted. That's uh, Clint's quarterback. 
So Mountain View takes over on the 35. So 547 left in the third quarter with Mountain View knocking on the door. It's Clint 38, Mountain View 27. All right, Joey, thank you very much. Could be a big turnover for the Mountain View Lobos, forcing the turnover, and they're creeping back into this one. 38-27, Clint over Mountain View in the third. Let's head out to Riverside's Riverfront Stadium and join J.D. Sursley with a two-minute drill update on Fabens and Riverside. J.D. Yeah, 6-17 left in the third quarter. Uh, Riverside 42, Fabens 0. We're at a stoppage late right now for two injuries. Uh, but Jose Godardo with four touchdowns, 119 yards so far during the game. Andrew Munoz has eclipsed the 1,000-yard mark of running as a quarterback this year, but uh, all Riverside right now, 42 over Fabian, 0, 617 left in the third quarter. J.D., thank you very much. Looks like it's all Riverside all the time at Riverfront Stadium these days. All over. Fabens big, 42 nothing. We have a final from Tony Shaw Field at Irvin Memorial Stadium for Austin and Irvin. Let's join Jeremy Caraco for this final update. Jeremy. Yeah, all final here at Irvin Memorial Stadium. It is Austin, 41, and Irvin, 0. A complete dominating performance for the Panthers tonight, as you expect, coming off a big win over Burgess, leading the way for the Panthers was Jaden Wilson were 97 yards. It looks like you he looked like you would have gotten more um in the second half. Most of those yards, actually 84 of those coming in the first half. It was just a running out the clock for Austin in that second half. Also Israel Luna, 73 yards, three carries, 22 yards for Sebastian Morales, including a 70 yard touchdown pass. Hey, Austin could also throw it, I guess, right? Against Irvin, they did it tonight and Luis Fernandez got his first throwing touchdown to Sebastian Morales at 70 yard score. And Irvin, statistically, nothing much doing. Marco Medina did carry the ball for 10 yard, uh, 67 yards on 10 carries. However, three turnovers, including a pick six late in the first quarter. 28 of Austin's 41 points coming in that first quarter. Larry's just taking the game in that first quarter away from Irvin. So 377 total yards, as I mentioned, to just 113 for Irvin. And the more shockingly is John Knudsen, zero yards through the air. Mm. Wow. Austin is improving to four and three, two and one. They will host El Paso next week. Meanwhile, Irvin falling to a disappointing two and six, oh and four in District 12. They will be at Andrus, a very tough task for the Rockets next week. The final from Irvin Moore Stadium, Tony Shawfield. It is Austin, 41, Irvin, zero. Bo? No bigger fans of the Burgess Mustangs now than these Austin Panthers. Absolutely. Uh, for the second time in three years, they got a chance to be uh, tri-champs, co-champs, whatever it is. Burgess beats Andrus. Andrus beat Austin. Austin beat Burgess. Ipso facto. Three, whatever that means. Three teams with one loss. If they can all win out, the Austin Panthers have a shot at a district title. Speaking of the Burgess Mustangs, we have a real-time update. Let's head out to Coach Jaime Chavez at Mustang Stadium for an update on our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. Andrus and Burgess, Coach, take it away. 148 left in the third quarter. It is Burgess 21 and Andrus 20. Malcolm Anderson, his second rushing touchdown of the quarter. A 16-yard touchdown run for Anderson and the two-point conversion. The keeper was good by Andrus quarterback Elias Duncan. Anderson also had a 65-yard touchdown run early in the third quarter. 
Tavares Jones, a 31-yard touchdown run for Burgess. He's got 11 carries, 93 yards rushing. So we have 116 left in the third quarter at Mustang Stadium. Burgess 21, Andrews 20. Ooh-wee, this is going to be a good one, fellas. 21-20, the Burgess Mustangs over the Andrews Eagles, just one point with about a minute to go in the third quarter. That's sure to be a fun one at Mustang Stadium. Thank you, Coach. And thank you to Jeremy Caranco for that final update from Irvin Memorial Stadium. Jeremy, we'll see you together at our postgame get-together over at Union Draft House on Sunland Park. This football season and for all your sports watching, visit the Union Draft House. Now three locations in town, west at Cimarron Plaza, east on Tierra Este, and now open off Sunland Park near the mall. 100 beers on tap, feast on the food, and stay for the big game. Learn more on Facebook and Instagram at the Union Draft House. Okay, we got a barn burner in our Cisco Movers game of the week. Andrus and Burgess, just a one-point game. We'll have much more. You're listening to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go back to Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon. Welcome back to Week 8 of Football Friday Night. Some final scores all around town. Let's get you to the nighttime scores first. Austin High defeats Irvin. 41-0. Austin improves to 2-1 and in district. Irvin falls to 0-4. Earlier today, Eastlake topped Eastwood 59-41. Mayfield all over Chaparral. This is a final 51-0. Alpine all over Tornillo 48-0. And Crane tops Anthony 46-6. Let's now head out to Alex Nicholas at the sack for a halftime update of Franklin and Socorro. Alex. <laughs> Franklin's pursuit of their first district title since 2018 continues this week as they lead Socorro 51 to nothing at halftime. It has been all Cougars, 13 first half, first down for the Cougars, eight for Socorro, but six of those coming on their last drive, on one of their last drives, which is one of their lengthier drives of the evening. For Franklin Cameron Bird, 7 of 13 passing, 156 yards, two touchdowns on the night. That puts him at 20 touchdowns on the season. Miles McWhorter, his night may be over, 15 carries, 101 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. Both sparks, three catches, 73 yards, a touchdown. Also had an interception on defense. Socorro just 84 total yards of offense. Brian Leva, four, a 14 passing, 50 yards, but two interceptions. One of those was an 102-yard pick six by Jordan Morales, which gave Franklin a 38-0 lead. Of note for Franklin, they are missing two of their defensive starters. Of course, Stephen Powers, who missed last week, but also Shea Smith is nowhere to be found on the field. And that's why Socorro's, or excuse me, Franklin's been going for two. Shea Smith is their normal kicker. So no Shea Smith tonight, but no problem for the Franklin Cougars as they lead Socorro 51-0 at halftime. All right, Alex, thank you very much. Boy, what a game by the Franklin Cougars in the first half. We also have an update from Matador Stadium. Horizon Scorpions now lead Parkland 48-28. That game in late in the fourth quarter. Let's head out to uh, Clint Lions Stadium. Join Joey Panisi for an update on the Clint Lions and the Mountain View Lobos. Joey. Yes, from Clint High School with 157 left in the third quarter. It's now Clint 46, Mountain View 27. Uh, Clint capitalized on a fumble by Mountain View uh, at the 40-yard line. Evan Barrios pounced on it 
Four plays later, Manny Holguin from Clint scored his third touchdown of the night on 11-yard plunge. Uh, Isaiah Gonzalez, that quarterback of theirs, the star, uh, just participated in his fourth two-point conversion. So Clint's going to find a way to kill you one way or another. Uh, Mountain View has the ball. Um, They're being forced to pass, but Clint looks like they've got the answer. So back to you guys, 148 left. In the third quarter, it's the Clinton Lions 46, the Mountain View Lobos 27. All right, Joey, thank you very much. Boy, what a big second half so far. 15 points in the third quarter for the Clint Lions. Uh, let's head now out to our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. Join Coach Jaime Chavez for an update on Andrus and Burgess. Coach. 11.36 left in the fourth quarter at Mustang Stadium. It's Burgess 21 and Andrus 20. Burgess, Tavares Jones, a 31-yard touchdown run. Andrew Armandadis, a 9-yard touchdown run. And Ray Campos, a 91-yard kickoff return for a touchdown for the Mustangs. The scoring for Andrus, Malcolm Anderson, a pair of touchdown runs of 65 and 16 yards. And quarterback Elias Duncan had a 10-yard touchdown run. Malcolm Anderson, eight carries, 100 yards rushing for Anderson, two touchdowns to Tavares Jones, 11 carries, 93 yards rushing, and one touchdown. And right now, Burgess looks to be, there's a timeout on the field, and Burgess looks to be in a pretty good shape. They're, they moved into uh, the red zone as uh, the officials have called uh, an injury timeout. So we've got 11-24 left in the fourth quarter at Mustang Stadium. It's Burgess 21, Andrus 20. All right, Coach, thank you so much. A big fourth quarter coming between these two teams, Andrus and Burgess. Yeah, big set of downs off of this uh, timeout. Uh, you know, could be the difference between uh, W and an L for both of these guys. Absolutely. We have scoring updates from R.R. Jones Stadium. Let's join Ray Adalto for an update on the Bowie Bears and the El Paso High Tigers. Ray. 39 seconds left in this ballgame, the Bowie Bears are uh, on third down and 11 at the Bowie 24-yard line. Bowie's coming back, passing, uh, and the quarterback is going to be stopped short of the first down. There is a fumble, and the recovery now by the El Paso High Tigers. They take it back to the 27-yard line. El Paso High, with 26 seconds left in, the ball, in this ballgame, is leading the Bowie Bears 45-27. to 27. Guys, it's been that kind of ball game for both teams today. They both were looking for a win, and it looks like El Paso High will come out ahead. The uh, scoring update at 4-10 left in the, in the game. It was Bowie 10-yard pass TD Ramirez to J.D. and Sanchez. A two-point uh, attempt was blocked. And uh, no good. Uh, El Paso High then, quarterback Chidas, by the way, celebrating his 18th birthday today with a victory. Two minutes, 48 seconds left. El Paso High, two 20-yard pass TD to Ariola. PAT was good. And that's where it's got the score. With 26 seconds left in the ballgame here at R.R. Jones Stadium, it is the El Paso High Tigers, 45, and the visiting Bowie Bears, 27. Okay, Ray, thank you so much. 45-27, 45-27, El Paso High over Bowie. We'll get your final wrap-up in just a moment. We hear we got finals all over the Sun City. So we're going to take a quick break, have final scores next. You're listening to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Worldwide through the 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. 600 ESPN El Paso is KROD El Paso, a Town Square media station. You're listening to Football Friday Night. 
on 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go back to Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon. Welcome back to Football Friday Night, an exciting one in our Cisco Movers game of the week. The Andrus Eagles and Burgess Mustangs at Mustang Stadium. Let's join the coach, Jaime Chavez, for an update from Mustang Stadium. Coach, take it away. 9.39 left in the fourth quarter. It is now Burgess 28 and Andrus 20. Sean Street, a seven-yard touchdown run on the jet, st- uh, jet sweep, and the extra point is good. Tavares Jones for Burgess. He's got 13 carries, 111 yards rushing, and he also has a 31-yard touchdown run. And Burgess took advantage of Andrus. Uh, a strange call. Andrus had a fourth and four at their own 26. And quarterback Elias Duncan only got two yards trying to go up the middle. So Burgess takes advantage with uh, Sean Street in a seven-yard touchdown run. 9.37 left in the fourth quarter at Mustang Stadium. It's Burgess 28 and just 20. And Bo, the street kid, uh, you know, they brought him on over for defense. He's been a rush India. If you've ever seen him before, you know, uh, big, long, blonde hair doing the Clay Matthews thing. If he's a little older, I'd say the Kevin Green thing, but uh, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. Kevin Green wasn't around by the time Sean Street was. <laughs> but uh, paying off, he's caught some balls this year. Now that you threw a pass last week in the loss, 33-yard completion. I think he's one for one, a perfect quarterback rating. And now on the ground, uh, the jet sweep. Uh, not a, I mean, he's a big guy, but, I mean, he dropped some weight to play some offense this year, and maybe that helped get him around the corner. That's a huge touchdown for the Mustangs. But still... A one-score game, up eight points, a touchdown and two-point conversion, and we're in a flat-footed tie. Absolutely. This feels like a heavyweight fight. This is going to be a slugfest down to the very bitter end. So this is going to be a fun one. 28-20 with nine minutes to go at Mustang Stadium. We got finals all over the Sun City. Let's join Joe Rodriguez with a final from Canateel and Isleta. Joe. Thank you very much, Bo. All done out here at the reservation where it was all the visiting Canutillo Eagles defeating the Isleta Indians by a score of 43-7. to Some final game stats for the Canutillo Eagles. They had 10 first downs. They carried the ball 30 times for 347 wow. yards. No passing yards on the night for the Canutillo <laughs> Eagles. Uh, they did have four penalties for 35 yards and obviously the man of the night, L.J. Martin. Extremely efficient 14 carries, 151 yards on the night, three touchdowns for the star running back for the Canoteo Eagles. Meanwhile, the Isleta Indians, well, they had 11 first downs. Uh, they carried the ball 15 times for 35 yards. So the quarterback was 18 for 38 attempts, one interception for 167 yards, a total of 202 yards for the Isleta Indians. They did have eight penalties for 75 yards. What does this all mean? Well, it means that the Canutillo Eagles move up to 7-1 and one for their overall season record, 2-0 and oh in District 25A, and next week they will be hosting the Hanks Knights. Meanwhile, the Isleta Indians fall to 500, 4-4 on the year, 1-1 one one in district play, and next week they will travel up to the high desert, I'll, uh, as per uh, our friend and colleague uh, Chris Babcock says, uh, they'll travel to the high desert to play the Horizon Scorpions. That's all out. That's all I got for you guys out here in the reservation. Always a pleasure to come out here and call a high school football game on a Friday night. It is indeed a very special place, but tonight that special place was enjoyed by the Canutillo Eagles who took it to their home team, the Hosting Isleta Indians, by the score of 43-7. to 
All right, Joe, thank you very much. Great job after the game. We'll see you at the Union Draft House on Sunland Park, home to our post-game get-together. Come join us, talk some high school football. What a game by the Kennedy Eagles, improving us 7-1. We also have a final out of Parkland's Matador Stadium. Let's join Steve Escajeda with a final from Horizon and Parkland. Steve. Yeah, this was all Horizon all night long. The uh, Scorpions come away with a 48-28 win over the Parkland Matador. Uh, Horizon 3-4 and four now overall and a 1-0 and in District 1-5A Division Two. With the loss, Parkland falls to 1-7 and seven overall and 0-2 in district play. For Horizon, it was that two-headed monster of uh, Jacob uh, Kihas and Ernie Garcia. Uh, the quarterback, Kihas, uh, 13 out of 17 through the air, 285 yards, three touchdown passes. Only also ran for 112 yards and two more scores. Ernie Garcia, the running back, uh, he caught five passes today. Yeah, caught five passes for 175 yards. And three touchdowns. Oh, and by the way, he also had a touchdown running and a kickoff return for another score. For the Parkland Matadors, they had two guys go rush for over 100 yards tonight. Anthony Carrillo finished with 123, while Isaiah Beasley had 122. Their quarterback, Eric Ortiz, 13 out of 21 through the air, 251 yards, two touchdowns and two INTs, and Dante Lewis, led the Matadors in receiving four catches for 106 yards and a touchdown. Uh, total yards, Parkland with 482, Horizon with 445, but Parkland also led them in turnovers, four to none for the Scorpions. It's all over here at Matadors Stadium. All Scorpions all the time. Horizon coming away with a 48-28 win. All right, Steve, thank you so much. Great job tonight. We'll see you at the Union Draft House on Sunland Park. We have a final down at T-Bird Stadium. Let's join Adrian Broaddus for a final wrap-up of Pebble Hills and Coronado. Adrian. That's right. It's the final. Pebble Hills defeats Coronado 35-7. Quarterback Aiello Choa with five total touchdowns, 167 through the air. It was Eric Marin. the running back for Pebble Hills, who had 128 yards on the ground. Coronado was led by their quarterback, Blake Randag, four of six through the air, 45 passing yards, and the only touchdown of the night for the Thunderbirds. The Coronado Thunderbirds now are one and six. They limp into the Westside Bowl next Thursday against the top team in the city, the Franklin Cougars. Now here's the big story of tonight, guys. Pebble Hills has now won three of their last four. Now we have to take them as a serious playoff team. They're four and three on the season following the America's win over Montwood, Eastlake's win over Eastwood. Now we've got three teams that are tied for 3-1 and one, uh, in 1-6-A. They're all uh, tied for second place. It's Pebble Hills, America's, and now you're looking at uh, Eastlake as well. So it's a really interesting kind of playoff race to kind of keep in mind for 1-6-A. We've got a final out here. That, that's a wrap for me. Pebble Hills defeats Coronado 35-7. to all right, Adrian, great job. Thank you very much. 35-7, to 7, big win for the Pebble Hill Spartans over the T-Birds. Adrian, we'll see you at the Union Draft House on Sunland Park. Hey, let's head out to Riverfront Stadium. Join J.D. Sursley for an update on Fabens and Riverside. J.D. At 10.37 left in the fourth quarter, Riverside 52, Fabens 12. A few scores to update. A field goal, which made it 45-0, to zero, but then... 
Uh, Derek Navarre with a beautiful 11-yard touchdown pass by Eric Ortiz to actually finally put Fabens on the map. And then um, Fabens again scored with a amazing Isaac Uridia 67-yard scamper. He's actually pretty much all of their offense today. He's looking like Barry Sanders for the Lions in the 90s. Um, and then out of the suing kickoff, we have a... We have uh, a suing kickoff. Uh, Frank Luna ran for a 70-yard kickoff return touchdown, so it is 52 Riverside. Fabens 12, 10-05 left in the fourth quarter. All right, J.D., thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much. Talking to our producer, Angel Munoz, about our, uh, about our lineup. But, J.D., thank you. Looks like this is all Riverside, 52-12, late in the fourth quarter. So now let's head out to Jones Stadium. Join Ray Adalto for a final wrap-up of Bowie High and El Paso High. Ray. Guys, it's been a great ball game for both these teams. Actually, they came out looking for another win. El Paso High gets their third win of the year. They are now three and four, if you can believe that. More wins this year than combined in the last two. So El Paso High beats the Bowie Bears 45-27 to and all. It's a good action game, really. Quite honestly, it was uh, Chitis versus Sanchez, quarterback versus quarterback at this game, as I told you a little bit earlier. As I'm walking out to my car, uh, my, my breath is taken away because we had to climb from a little bit of a hill, and I'm not the spring chicken that I used to be. But anyway, the final score here at R.R. Jones Stadium with the El Paso High being victorious at home. And by the way, uh, a little secret, El Paso High has been averaging slightly more than three and a half TDs per game. They extended that today. Once again, a final, El Paso 45, Bowie 27. Ray, thank you so much. I hope you sit down, take a little rest, come meet us over at the Union Draft House. And kick back a little bit. Great job, Ray. Thank you so much. And uh, and Paul, talking about this, a big win for El Paso High tonight. Another big win for Austin High. Guess what's next week? The Battle of the Claw between El Paso High and Austin. And both teams, 2-1 and one in district. I would not want to see the Austin Panthers right now. They're on a bit of a roll. But speaking of rolls, what about El Paso High? Not just three wins on a season, but three wins in the last four weeks. Of course, they got wrecked a week ago, but uh, wow. Yes. Yeah. Big wins. Ray Aguilar, by the way, you know, his first year was a COVID year. Why did he get the El Paso job in the first place? Because he did such a solid job out at San Eli. You know, maybe this is how a program begins to turn. I'm not picking El Paso High to go to the playoffs this year, but three wins in the last four weeks for this Tigers club is a godsend for that fan base. Absolutely. They're now 3-4 and four overall, 2-1 and one in district. Let's head out to the coach, Jaime Chavez, for an update from our Cisco Movers Game of the Week, Andrus and Burgess. Coach, take it away. 7-18 left, left in the fourth quarter. It is Burgess 28 and Andrus 26. Andrus quarterback Elias Duncan just fired a 72-yard touchdown pass to Malcolm Anderson. And uh, the two-point conversion failed as Duncan tried to take it right up the gut, and he was stopped uh, for just a one-yard gain. Andrews taking a 
big risk on that one, a big gamble. They had a fourth and six at their own 28, and then Duncan just went back and hit uh, Anderson in stride. Malcolm Anderson, he's got also uh, two touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns of 65 and 16 yards, and uh, 10 carries, 112 yards rushing on the ground. 6.35 left in the fourth quarter at, at Mustang Stadium. The clock is running, and it's Burgess 28, Anderson 26. Coach, what an exciting game out there. Again, we were just talking about it, Paul. Two heavyweights right now. It's a slugfest, and those missed extra points can come back to haunt the Andrews Eagles. Well, they already have. That's why they need to to score one more time. But I always worry about the team that's the front runner that's trying to run out of the clock. uh, Whatever you got, it's in your throat right now. Absolutely, and that's the Burgess Mustangs leading 28-26 with a little under seven minutes to play in the fourth quarter. Let's head out to Clint Lions Stadium, a big game between the Clint Lions and the Mountain View Lobos. District opener in 4A. Let's join Joey Panisi with an update. Joey. Yes, from Clint High School with six minutes and 16 seconds left in the fourth quarter. It's now Clint 46 and the Never Say Die Mountain View Lobos 35. Mountain View scored a minute ago. When Junior Gamboa, their star quarterback, scrambled in from five yards out uh, at 8.55 left in the quarter, uh, his two-point conversion pass to Gael Maciel, Maciel was good, but they kick off, and now Clint, Clint Ball Control Lions has just marched it down the field, and they're threatening to score again from the nine-yard line. Um, so with 6.06 left in the fourth quarter, the score is Clint 46 Mountain View 35. So, Bo, Jr. Salcedo, the five-yard touchdown run. And this game, I mean, it parallels a lot what I watched uh, at uh, 4 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, East Lake and Eastwood Troopers, in case you didn't hear it, uh, I can't remember the final, but East Lake held them off by a couple of scores. And it was just a matter of once the Eastwood offense got untracked, well, it didn't really matter because East Lake was just going to plod down the field. In their case, handing the ball to uh, Elijah Uribe, who, who's a tough tackle. I think we said it before, 5'9", 190 pounds, and they just kept moving the chains with the running game, and that's the exact same situation Mountain View's looking at here. The offense is starting to get things done. They just put another touchdown on the board. They're within a couple of scores. They're a high-powered, high-octane passing attack. Only one problem. They don't have the football. Clint does, and Clint's not going to give it up. And they want to move the chains about four or five times and hop on the bus and get out of there with another win as they look for their fourth straight District 2-4A title. Of course, Riverside down the road is going to uh, try and say something about that. And I think they will, the way the Riverside Rangers are playing right now. We're going to take a break, go through our final scores next in a wrap-up of our and a really big game between uh, uh, Andrus and Burgess in our Cisco Movers Game of the Week, an exciting one at Mustang Stadium. We'll be right back. You're listening to Football Friday. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go back to Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon. Welcome back to Football Friday Night. We got another exciting update from our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. Let's go join Jaime Chavez out at Mustang Stadium for an update on Andres and Burgess. Coach. 506 left in the fourth quarter. It is now Andres, 34, Burgess, 28. Once again, Malcolm Anderson, a 39-yard interception return for a touchdown. And this time the two-point conversion was good. 
Elias Duncan to guess who? Malcolm Anderson. Anderson. He's really had a... And Jones, the Rams, Jones takes in. He's going to have a 50-yard touchdown run as we speak. But let me get you back to Anderson's stats. He's got uh, two touchdown runs of 65 and 16 yards and also 72-yard reception uh, touchdown from quarterback Elias Duncan. Jones just ripped off a 50-yard touchdown run running to his left side, and now the game is tied with 456 in the fourth quarter, left in the fourth quarter, 34 to 34, and now the extra point is pending. Ali Carrera of Burgess has been perfect on all of his extra points as we await uh, the snap. The ball is down, the kick is up, and uh, the kick is through the uprights. We've got a brand-new score Boy, this is a good one. You, you, you nailed it well, gentlemen. A heavyweight fight with 4.56 left in the fourth quarter at Mustang Stadium. It is now Burgess 35 and Andrews 34. And I'm guessing Malcolm Anderson is going to factor in over these last four minutes. The last four touchdowns for Andrews tonight, 65 yards from Anderson, 16 from Anderson. Oh, a 72-yard catch from Anderson, <laughs> and a 39 interception return by Malcolm Anderson. Wow. Uh, w- what a game uh, by the Burgess, uh, Burgess Mustangs and Andrus Eagles. Slugfest back and forth. Andrus has now uh, Burgess trailed in this game, a whopping, I think it's 33 seconds. Uh, but Tavoris Jones went out early with an apparent shoulder injury, came back, and he came back in a big way. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, had an early touchdown run to, to give uh, Burgess the quick lead. But as you said, shoulder pads off. That's pretty serious. The last seven minutes of the first half, Tavares Jones not a part of it. Once they came back out from the, the locker room break, there he was. And there he still is 50 yards later. Gives Burgess a little bit of hope, but a lot of time still left on that clock. And as we said, Malcolm Anderson on the other side of the field. Jeremiah Cooper, uh, by the way, went out uh, in the first half as well. Haven't heard anything from Jaime about him being back on the field. Maybe that's why we're getting so much Anderson play. Uh, Absolutely. 35-34, Burgess over Andrus. Four and a half minutes to go. We'll keep you updated with Coach Jaime Chavez at Mustang Stadium. Let's head out to the Socorro Student Activities Complex. Get an update on Franklin and Socorro with Alex Nicholas. Alex. 442 left in the third quarter. Franklin still holding on to that 51-0 lead over Socorro. Socorro, their first drive of the second half was an impressive one. They would go 14 plays, 52 yards. They would choose seven minutes off the clock, but they would sputter on a fourth down attempt, and they would turn it over on downs, and that's where we're at now. Franklin takes over inside their own 25-yard line. 428 to go here in the third quarter. Franklin 51, Socorro nothing. Quick correction on a stat that I gave out earlier. Miles McWhorter with three rushing touchdowns and 104 yards. 417 and running left in the third quarter. Franklin 51, Socorro 0. All right, Alex, thank you very much. Been all Franklin all night at the sack in the second game of a doubleheader there. We're getting close to a final at Riverfront Stadium. Let's join J.D. Sursley for an update on Fabens and Riverside. J.D. Yes, 3.50 left in the fourth quarter. We're basically just milking the clock now. Um, uh, 59, Riverside, Fabens 12. A three-yard beautiful throw from Angel Speedy Munoz to... Uh, Derek Navarez um, going to that three-yard pass. He's definitely over a thousand yards passing now. So Angel Speed Munoz with a thousand yards running and a thousand yards passing at the quarterback position this year for Riverside. So Riverside 59, 
Saban's 12-3-19 left in the fourth quarter. And, and Bo Bagley, you know, with all these games starting to wind up, and there's one game that seems to be pretty good, I'm feeling a little live action tonight. I think so. We have Jaime Chavez just let us know. We'll keep him up. One-point game between 35-34, Burgess over Andrus. We got another touchdown scored at Clint's Lions Stadium. Huh. Let's head out to Joey Panisi get an update on the Clint Lions and the Mountain View Lobos. Joey. Yes, with two minutes and 27 seconds left in the fourth quarter, it is now the Clint Lions 53, Mountain View Lobos 35. That Clint juggernaut just will not be stopped. They eat up the clock. They make you make mistakes. They've just played an amazing game. Uh, but who's having a great game is Junior Salcedo from uh, Mountain View. He's up to 330 yards passing. He's 17 for 30 for 333 yards. He's completed his last eight out of nine passes. That puts him over 2,000 total yards this season. He's been averaging 281 a game. And he's over 400 in this game alone. So Mountain View has the ball on the 40-yard line, driving with two minutes and 27 seconds left. It's the Clint Lions 53, the Mountain View Lobos 35. Joey, all right, Joey, thank you so much. An 18-point lead for the Clint Lions late in the fourth quarter at Lions Stadium. Nice little fun homecoming in the district opener for the Lions over the Lobos right now. We'll probably get a final here in just a little bit also from Riverside's Riverfront Stadium. Let's head back out to the coach, Jaime Chavez, because we got a barn burner in our Cisco Movers game of the week between the Andrus Eagles and the Burgess Mustangs. Just a one-point game, four and a half minutes to go. Tavares Jones just scored a 50-yard touchdown for the Burgess Mustangs to give them back the lead now lead 1.3534 let's join coach Jaime Chavez with an update from this game in our Cisco Movers game of the week coach 222 left in the fourth quarter and it's Burgess hanging on Burgess 35 Andres 34 a big third down for Andres they're back at their own 39 yard line and they've got a third and 14 as um Quarterback Elias Duncan has an empty backfield, and he's moving his uh, his players around. He's got three wide receivers to the right, and he's going back to pass. He's looking. He's under pressure, and he escapes the pressure, and he completes the pass. But let's see where they mark it. Elias Duncan, guess who? A 14-yard completion. There's a penalty. There, there might be a roughing. A roughing penalty. Let's see what that is. Yeah, the, the yeah the refs are, are moving the chains. Anderson really took a shot and he was going down. He, he really got hammered with two twelve left in the contest and and Burgess hanging on thirty four to thirty five. Another crucial play, a long play. Another third and long for the, the Andrus Eagles. Let's see what they do here. A personal foul. Personal foul call on Burgess, and that's going to be a first down. And they're going to move the chains. The ball would have been originally at the Burgess 46-yard line. That's where the play stopped. That's where uh, Anderson got his bell rung, but he's up. And they're moving the ball. Boy, what, what a what a break for Andrus. Let's see how how far up they they haven't moved it yet. 
but I think they're trying to get a little organized on the on the Andrus sideline. They're walking and walking, and they're going to place the ball at the Burgess 31-yard line, again with 2.12 left in the contest. Andrus down by one point. It's 35-34. to 34. Burgess over Andrus in this exciting District 258 Division Two game. So it's a first, first and 10 for Andrus. They're at the Burgess 31-yard line, and Elias Duncan is in the... Looking, he's he's a, another empty backfield, and he passes the ball out. Oh, another hard hit, an incomplete pass to uh, Malcolm Anderson on the sideline or close to the sideline. And Anderson is looking for a flag. He really took a shot. That's an incomplete pass, and that'll be a second and ten at the Andrus thirty-one yard line. No huddle. All right, Coach, let's uh, break in here for a moment. Let's keep you on the line. Paul, uh, you mentioned Anderson. Uh, for the, the Eagles and Mustangs, this is a back-and-forth game, and Anderson's played a big part. Makes another huge play. But, uh, you know, I wonder at this point, you've missed a couple extra points if you're the Anders, Anders Eagles. A field goal's all you need, but is a field goal off the table for those guys? That's very if, true. If, if, if you're at the two-yard line and there's four seconds left in the game, do you opt to kick the field goal? Or do you attempt, more importantly, the field goal, or, or is it a touchdown or nothing? Uh, let's go. Let's go back to the coach Jaime Chavez for an update. Coach, how much time left in this game, and who has the ball, and where where do we sit? Uh, it's third and ten for Andres at the Burgess thirty-one uh, yard line. An incomplete pass for uh, Andres Christopher Hager. He was all alone on the flat. He just dropped the ball, and he knows it. So it's a third and ten. And empty backfield once again as Duncan goes. He's under pressure, going to his right, and he gets rid of the ball. It's intercepted. Is it intercepting? Interception. Burgess at the they're going to mark it. That's Burgess's Ivan Samas. He picked off the pass as Duncan under pressure, trying to go to his right. He thought Anderson was open momentarily, and they're going to mark the ball for Burgess at their own 31-yard line. Wow, what an interception and turnover for the Burgess Mustangs. How much time left do we have? Uh, we've, got, we've got 150 left in the fourth quarter. Jaime, mean, what about timeouts? Andrus timeouts, what do you know about that? Okay. Andrus has two timeouts. Each team has two timeouts. So... Burgess will have the ball with a first and 10 at their own 30-yard line. All right, Coach. And the lone back is is Tavares Jones as he moves up. And he's got the handoff. And he's going to break it. He's going to cross it midfield. He's down to the 30. He's down to the 30. He's going to get knocked off at the 32-yard line. Tavares Jones. (laughs) Another big pickup for Jones. Jaime, inbounds or out of bounds? He's out of bounds. He was he was hit out of bounds. Uh, so so one thing, Bo, great run by Tavares Jones gets him out of jail. It's a huge deal. But the fact that he goes out of bounds stops the clock. If Andrews still has those two timeouts, we're still talking about Andrews getting their hands back in the ball. They, they still have a very run good it chance. timeout. Run it timeout. He, he was he was knocked out of bounds. He just didn't he didn't go out. He was knocked out of bounds. Has to stay in bounds. Yes, absolutely a crucial yeah. play there. Uh-huh. So we're talking about a, probably a minute and a half. But this seems like. This would be the Tavoris Jones time of the game. 
comes in the second half. He just had a 50-yard touchdown, but put Burgess up by one. So currently Burgess leads 35-34. Coach, let's go back out to you. And now that now Burgess a big gainer. They've got a first and ten at the at the Andrews twenty eight yard line. The clock is moving. That means he's inbounds. And it looks like I believe Andrews has one timeout, but the clock is moving. It's at it's at one twelve and Burgess is up thirty five to thirty four. Okay, coach. Then this is this seems to be the Tavoris Jones time, Paul, that we were just talking about. If the clock is moving, it seems like that this would be the time where they're just going to run out the clock. They have that ability. This is the signature moment for this kid. This is the, the best game of his high school career. The, the biggest runs, that big first down run, the fact that the clock is still running uh, means he somehow found a way to stay in bounds. And uh, as I said, huge, the 50-yard run to win it, that's something he's going to remember the rest of his life. We're assuming Joe Pisarczyk is not the quarterback for the Burgess Mustangs at the moment. But uh, as I said, a signature moment. You always wonder, wow, this kid's so great. Everybody wants him. How come it's 11 carries, 70 yards every week? Well, they needed him in the biggest game of their season tonight. And Tavares Jones put the shoulder pads back on, got on the field, and made the plays that looks like it's going to get them the signature win of his career and of their season. Sure does. Burgess Ten leading the Andrews. Left. 30. Don't have to call another play. And Burgess is going to win this one. Burgess, the final year at um, Mustang Stadium. Burgess, 35. And Andrews, 34. Tavares Jones coming on strong. Touchdown runs of 50. And 31 yards, 18 carries, 210 yards rushing for uh, Jones, who is uh, headed to Missouri. And it's a big win for, for Andrus. Well, actually, a big, a big win for Burgess. Also, a great effort for Andrus. Malcolm Anderson. He had touchdown runs of 65 and 16 yards. The 39-yard interception returned for a touchdown. And he also had that 72-yard TD reception from Elias Duncan for a touchdown. Good numbers on the ground for Anderson. 11 carries, 110 yards rushing. All right, Coach, let's break in right now. Let's let you gather your thoughts. Let's take a commercial break. We'll come back. We'll have a wrap-up of our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. Also, wrap-up from Riverside, wrap-up from Clint, and get an update from the sack as we're going to close out football. This is Football Friday Night, a big win for the Burgess Mustangs, 35-34 over the Andrews Eagles. We'll have a wrap-up next. You're listening to Football Friday Night. and Paul McKinnon. Welcome back to Week 8 of Football Friday Night and our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. What a game between Burgess and Andrus. Tavares Jones, a late 50-yard touchdown run, and then the Burgess defense held up to defeat Andrus 35-34. We'll have a wrap-up from Coach Jaime Chavez in just a moment. First, elsewhere, scores from all around the city. El Paso High tops Bowie 45-27. Horizon all over Parkland 48-28. Canateo defeats Isleta 43-7. Austin all over Irvine 41-0. Pebble Hills tops Coronado 35 to 7. And earlier today, East Lake topped Eastwood 59 41. And the land of enchantment, Mayfield shuts out Chaparral 51 0. Santa Teresa tops Deming 30 27. 
Alpine topping Tornillo 48 nothing and Crane beating Anthony 46 to 6. Out of town scoreboard District 26A Legacy the Rebels shut out Odessa High 51 to nothing Permian 34 to 23 over Midland High as they move to 3 and 1 Abilene wow over Friendship 48 28 Friendship falls to 1 and 3 in that district and in trouble of grabbing one of those four playoff spots down to the 5As uh, Amarillo Tascosa in a Thursday nighter, 46 to 14 over Cap Rock. No surprise. Uh, elsewhere, the Division Two, Five A's. Let's build the drama. Wichita Falls beats Wiley, 41 25. Who cares? Canyon Randall over Plainview, 51 25. And in the big game of the night, Lubba Cooper exacts revenge wow. for last year's Final Four loss. They come from a 6-3 to three halftime deficit and pull away for the 20-12 to 12 victory. And in Lubbock tonight, there was much rejoicing. Absolutely. The out-of-town scoreboard. Out-of-town scoreboard. <laughs> Brought to you by Longhorn Distributing. Thank you, Paul. Let's head back out to Coach Jaime Chavez for a final wrap-up of our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. Andrus and Burgess. Burgess topping the Eagles 35-34. Coach, take it away with his final wrap-up. Well, with the final here at Mustang Stadium, as you mentioned, Burgess 35 and Andrus 34. Tavares Jones coming on strong tonight. 18 carries, 210 yards rushing. He had touchdown runs of 50 and 31 yards. And Jones is uh, now with uh, those numbers. He's closing in on the 1,000-yard mark for the season. Andrus, a, a valiant effort, especially by Malcolm Anderson. He had uh, touchdown runs of 65 and 16 yards. He was a busy man tonight. A 72-yard reception, touchdown reception from quarterback Elias Duncan and also a 39-yard interception return for a touchdown. Anderson had uh, 11 carries and 110 yards rushing. The coaches, uh, Andrus coaches, would not elaborate uh, on the condition or availability of Jeremiah Cooper, who did not play from the second quarter on. Cooper only had uh, and- Andrus' star receiver and defensive back. He only had one catch for 15 yards. So both teams now are tied in uh, district in the District 2-5A Division 2 standings. Both teams, Andrus and Burgess, at 2-1. and one. Andrus is 5-2 and two on the season, and they'll host Irvin next week. Burgess, 5-3. and three. They get a bye next week, and in two weeks, they will... Uh, be at Urban. So the final once again, an exciting one. A final score from uh, Mustang Stadium, Burgess 35, Andrews 34. Coach, thank you so much. What a game there. Great job tonight. 35-34, Burgess over Andrus. For a final wrap-up, let's head out to Lions Stadium and join Joey Panisi for a final on Mountain View and Clint. Joey. Yes, from Clint Stadium, uh, the ball game is over. Final score, Clint 53 Mountain View 35, the homecoming crowd is rejoicing out on the field as uh, Clint played a stellar game tonight. Uh, They used 11 different running backs. Uh, They rushed for 372 yards, 51 passing for a total of 423 total yards. Manny Holguin was a workhorse. He had 12 carries, 154 yards with three touchdowns. Big, strong Dylan Ivey. I don't know why they don't give him the ball much. He's 5'11 and 195 pounds, but 
He had three carries for 39 yards and two touchdowns. That one 30-yard touchdown, he must have dragged six guys with him into the end zone. And then Isaiah Gonzalez, uh, the crafty quarterback, um, he scored one touchdown on a quarterback sneak, and then he'll find a way to beat you. He, he, can, he had four two-point conversions. Uh, Clinton went for it on every time after the touchdown, and he uh, scored four of them. Uh, Kevin Casada had 10 carries, 96 yards, and a touchdown. Now for Mountain View, I just really got to give this junior Salcedo uh, some kudos. He passed 18 times, excuse me, 30 times, completed 18 for 330 incredible yards, um, two touchdowns passing. He rushed for two touchdowns. He had six carries for 82 yards. Uh, on the year, he's got a quarterback rating of 127. Uh, that ranks somewhere uh, Tom Brady area. Uh, he's now completed 113 passes on the year for 1,898 yards and 21 TDs. Uh, his favorite receiver, uh, Hansel Hernandez, um, had two touchdowns tonight, giving him eight for the season. Uh, he had three catches for 170 yards. Uh, total offense, 498 total yards for uh, Mount View tonight. A disappointing start to district for them as they go 0-1. Uh, they're 4-4 four and four on the year, though, and 0-1 in district. And next week, uh, they got a real tough one against Riverside. Clint, on the other hand, improves to 4-4, four and four, and now they're 2-0 and in district after defeating Fabens last week. They have an open week next week to get ready for Riverside, and I'm predicting that that's going to be the game of the week in two weeks. So we have a final score here from Clint Stadium where the Clint Lions have defeated the Mountain View Lobos 53-35. to All right, Joey, thank you so much. Great job out there from Lions Stadium as the Clint Lions improved to 4-4 four and four overall, but more importantly, 1-0 in district. Mountain View falling to 0 and 1 in district. 53-35 Clint over Mountain View. Let's head out to Riverfront Stadium for a final from JD Sursley on Riverside and Fabens. JD. Yeah, um all Riverside just like the usual uh, annihilating everything that they're coming in contact with. Uh, Fabens had no answer. Angel Speedy Munoz with 1000 yards passing uh, and then season at the end of the game, and then we have to mark that he's over a thousand yards rushing, also. So he joins Jose Godardo as the quarterback and running back duo to be over a thousand each. So Angel Speedy Munoz has two over two thousand yards, all purpose yards. Um, they came into the day leading the city in turnovers, and they did not stop in weather uh, with three turnovers in the game. So, yeah. Um, I have to give credit to Isaac Udia for Fabens was all their offense, all what they had. Uh, but yes, Riverside always a powerhouse, and they go out with the win. Rivers fifty nine, Fabens twelve. All right, JD, thank you so much. So Rivers Riverside on top of Fabens. 59 to 12 Riverside approving to 7 and 1 overall more importantly 2 and 0 in that district and I think Joey was right earlier that Clint Riverside game will be a problem could be our, our game of the week in 2 weeks. Oh, uh, without a doubt that'll be for the uh, 4A crown. That'll be a fun one. Uh, the one nice thing for Riverside for the first time in a decade they guarantee themselves a winning season, 7 wins. That's the magic number and uh, uh, they got it. They did. Big win for the Riverside Rangers. Hey, we, st- we only have one game 
still going on out tonight, and that's the one at the sack, the late game between Franklin and Socorro. This game now into the fourth quarter. Let's get a final update on this game, even though it's going on, from Alex Nicholas. Alex, what do you got on Franklin and Socorro? Six and a half minutes left in this ball game, and it's still Franklin 51, Socorro nothing. It's been most of uh, Franklin's twos and threes here in the third into the fourth quarter. A pair of fumbles for Franklin on their two series. No Cameron Bird in the second half. We've seen uh, uh, Rene Delgado take over at quarterback here in the second half. Bird finishes his night 7 of 13, passing 156 yards and two touchdowns. But something about running backs here this Thursday or this Friday evening, because uh, big nights from the running backs, Miles McWhorter, 22 carries, 138 yards, three touchdowns on the evening. Currently right now, Franklin, 40 plays, 361 yards, and that has been all Franklin as they win their fifth in a row after that 0-2 start. And a little bit of a milestone win for the Franklin program. This marks Franklin's 200th win as a program, as a varsity program going back to 1995. So halfway through the fourth quarter and Franklin is in charge. They lead Socorro 51 to nothing. All right, Alex, great job out there. Please follow our 600 ESPNL Twitter and also ESPNElPaso.com for recaps, photos by Prep One, and final scores for Football Friday Night. Make sure to describe to Football Friday Night On Demand for the replay of each show. Football Friday Night On Demand is available wherever you get your podcasts. So Franklin up big, 51 nothing. As we take a look at next week, uh, the big schools, Delvay, Chapin, Bel Air, uh, El Dorado, all get going. They start up district. And then uh, possibly the game of the week, Austin and El Paso High, both 2-1, and one, the Battle of the Claw, mm. both 2-1 and one in district. That should be a fun one. Yeah, the way the Austin Panthers are playing right now, I, I'm not sure anybody who goes up against them is, is going to have any fun. We always talk about how there's, oh, they're only dressing 22, 23, 24 kids, those Panthers, but it's 22, 23, 24 kids that are ready to play. I know Absolutely. we've said it 100 times, but Eric Pichardo, though, and an Eric Pichardo coach team, they show up. And, you know, when he was on the staff at Bowie, they showed up there. He was originally uh, with uh, his ex-head coach, uh, Robert Padilla, over at Austin under Ruben Batista. Those teams showed up, and Pichardo just has a ton to do with it. You know, he's a no-frills guy. If you ever talk to him, you know, plain Jane, nothing fancy. But, boy, when when he coaches a team and they get out on the field, they just – you look at them. You know, what do they have? Jaden Wilson. Oh, Jaden Wilson. I like that kid. And then you look around, anybody else? Is he Luna? Yeah, he's kind of short. And But you look at the scoreboard and look what they've done the last couple of weeks. That team is hot. They've figured out what their game's all about. And uh, the El Paso Tigers better be ready. That's all I'm going to say. Absolutely. And remember, one game going on, Franklin over Socorro, 51 nothing at halftime. It's now late in the fourth quarter, 51 nothing. Please follow uh, 600 ESPN El Paso, also Alex Nicholas on Twitter. We'll have all the final scores there as we're, we're pretty much banking that Franklin's going to win that one. Huh. And we take a look at next week, it, you know, as we wrap up tonight, your thoughts on tonight and Burgess Tavares Jones. He doesn't need a coming out party, but that was a statement game and a statement win for the Burgess Mustangs. Yeah, first of all, you know, I feel bad for Andrus. Uh, your best player, Jeremiah Cooper, doesn't make it through the second quarter. And he's been struggling, as has Tavares Jones, by the way, struggling with injuries throughout the season. He missed the Bowie game a couple few weeks ago, a nagging knee. Hopefully that's not what's flared up again tonight. But he's not able to finish the game. Your best player's not on the field. 
But Malcolm Anderson in his stead stepped up, and we said uh, four straight touchdowns. He really took over the reins with really nobody else around. Malachi Doe, the uh, running back, uh, broken foot a few weeks back, or Jaime Chavez told us early in the night that uh, the cast may be coming off and he may be getting back on the field in another, in another couple, uh, several weeks. Uh, I'm sure the Eagles are uh, well looking forward to that. But in a big game, a chance to uh, clinch your district, Jeremiah Cooper not on the field, you know, just an unfortunate, to use a bad word, uh, break for the Eagles. But then again, Tavares Jones on the other side, his shoulder pads off after a late hit with seven minutes left in the first half. Uh, nursing a shoulder, has an ice pack on it. Second half, he comes out, and when they really needed him, the lead is surrendered. Andrus gets out on top. Where's Tavares Jones? He's got the ball, and he's streaking 50 yards down the field for the go-ahead score. The extra point makes it 35-34 and a late interception. Burge is a huge win for this program as they hold off the Andrus Eagles. Their second consecutive win over Andrus after losing six straight. Burgess improves to 3-1 and one in district. Andrus falls to 2-1, and one, that district open now. Uh, a fight to the finish for a district also between Austin and El Paso High. Should be a fun one to watch. We'd like to thank all of our, all of our sponsors out there, Cisco Movers, Longhorn Distributing, El Paso Association of Builders, the Greater El Paso Football Showcase. Remember, senior football players, you must have your SAT and ACT results submitted by December 1st to be eligible for the combine and the game. Go to 915showcase.com or the Greater El Paso Football Showcase social media to see the weekly top five performers, scores, and stats of teams, players, and more. I'd like to thank Taco Avocat, home to our preseason or pregame meal, and then Union Draft House, our postgame get-together. Oh, Union Draft House on Sunland Park. For our producer, Angel Munoz, Paul McKinnon, I'm Bo Bagley. Thank you for tuning in to Week 8 of Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. You've been listening to Football Friday Night with Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon on 600 ESPN El Paso. Don't forget to follow the Facebook page, Twitter, and Instagram at 600 ESPN El Paso. Visit us online at 600ESPNElPaso.com for all of the latest regarding your high school football reports and more. Once again, we thank you for tuning in to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso.